Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Moving dogs properly and responsibly. That's what we're trying to do. We can't do it anymore. I was so angry listening to him. A hundred euro is all we'll get, basically, for our baby. Between the jazz and Christmas, you know, you could slip in a bank holiday in, you know, late November, early December. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96FM. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Oh, I'm cursing Ross Brown. I am blaming Ross Brown for this. Uh, Nothing to do with my so-called acting debut this morning. (laughs) They cornered me in studio and said, will you help us launch the new show? I said, yeah, of course I will, lads, of course I will. (laughs) I should have known better. No, it's to do, like, did you know that Ross Brown goes around this place every time we get three consecutive sunny days? Ross goes around this building going, I love the rain, I miss the rain. Well, now you've got the flipping rain back. Good morning, it is the, what date is it today? Is it the, the, the 18th of October? Or at least that's what it feels like. Tuesday morning. Hopefully it'll brighten up by the end of the day. They're telling us tomorrow and Thursday will be a little bit better. Friday looking grotty at this stage. Then I don't care because I'm out this next week. I'll be well out of here. 0818 96 96 96 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. And the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm reading the newspapers and watching the television and listening to the radio over the last few days. And we know it's very hot in Europe right now. We know it's seriously hot, for example, in parts of Italy and particularly Sicily. And, and very, very hot. Very hot in parts of Greece. But I, I remember what it was like during COVID when they were all accusing us of scaremongering about the virus and transmission of the virus and all of that. And I, I can't help thinking that some elements of the media are trying to terrify us about these heat waves. Yes, it's hot. And yes, it's sure it's climate change in action but the idea that, and we'll check this out later the idea that people will be holding off on their holidays or cancelling 
their holidays. Uh, seems daft to me. Let's go to a place that hopefully I'll be sitting enjoying a beer on Sunday afternoon. Um, Julian Fair is in Lanzarote. Julian, I know that there's a wonderful, we all know there's a wonderful, wonderful climate in the Canaries where it never gets too hot. How has it been the last few weeks? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, It's a lovely sunny morning here. We're back down to our normal temperatures in July of reaching highs of about 32. But last week, we got extremely, extremely hot last week. Um, we, like Gran Canaria, for instance, hit 45.2 degrees, which is very, uh, That's hot. very hot for this time of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hit about 38, I think, is, um, is what we hit last week here, which is extremely hot for this time of the year. That's kind of August, end of August, September. Yeah. And the thing about Lanzarote is that there's always that lovely breeze coming in off the water if that drops you were always in trouble did it drop yeah it dropped last week we kind of had a southerly breeze that changed which is coming up then from africa so it's the northerly we're in a trade wind zone so it's the northerly winds that come down off the atlantic that keep us that bit cooler and which gives a lovely climate all year round for the canaries Mm. when that goes then you're in trouble for a few days. Yeah. It's the wind gets hot then, you know. That's the Kalima that comes up from Africa. That's the Kalima, yeah. yeah. And I was in Tenerife last year and they were saying to me, locals that I got talking to were saying that for the last couple of years it had been coming a few weeks early. Now, I was in Lanzarote a few years ago when we did get a Kalima coming early. It's nasty. Has it come in early? Well, we we got a mild form, but the heat came, We got, but the Kalima was mild. Kalima season is more from kind of October through where we get a lot more of them, where you get the orange haze yeah. sand on the horizon and it can it can cause problem for asthma or sufferers and that kind of thing. Mm. It's not as bad at the moment. It is just pure heat yeah. and hot winds coming up, but not, not the full Kalima yeah. effect, which we expect later on in the year. You're there a few years now, Julian. Have you seen the climate or the general weather pattern changing since you settled there, what, five years ago? Six years now, yeah. PJ. Um, definitely it has got hotter nearly every year in the six years that I've been here. It's only like the first year, August got extremely, extremely hot for consistently over the month. And the next year, then it dropped. But every year since then, it seems to be getting hotter and I always judge it by August because August, September are the two hottest the months peaks. of the year here. Yeah. Like last peaks. year, um, August, we hit 42 degrees and we had it kind of solid for, for three to nearly four days mm. of that kind of heat. And that's very, very intense. It's not dropping under 32 at night. Um, and you consider the, the record here in Lanzarote, the recorded record is 43.6 degrees. Right. So that's close. So, that's close to the record. Yeah, yeah. And you look at March, the end of March this year. We had a heat wave at the end of March this year, um, where we hit thirty-two, thirty-four degrees. Gran Canaria hit thirty-eight degrees in mm. March. Yeah, right. That's insane for March. It know? is very, very. It is very, very hot indeed. Yeah. Is it busy out there, yeah. Julian, at the moment? Yes, very busy at the moment. Yeah, yeah, mm. very busy. Um, 
you can see it like the beaches are just full. The water is absolutely gorgeous here at the moment with about 24 degrees. So um, it, it it is, but it, it's it's September then is the busiest month of the year here. Then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because but it, it is, it is, yeah, it is very busy at the moment. Have they started to, because I know I'm hearing from places like Majorca and mainland Spain that they've started now to look at excursions, day-long day excursions, they really are reconsidering going to places like that are too far inland because of this heat. Yeah, well, I, I, I suppose we've benefited. I mean, we're hitting record figures that they say this year for, for tourists. Um, we're, we're up about 12% on, on the normal here, pre-COVID um, figures. They reckon this is going to be a record year for the Canaries and Lanzarote will be up there as one of the, one of the best with Tenerife. Um, so it seems people might be changing a bit because if you look at the, the history, you know, which I have recently of the likes of Valencia and all these places in, in northern Spain and, and, and the Med are getting extremely hot for longer periods because they don't have that wind mm. coming down through there to keep them cool. I mean, the Canaries really, you know, it's one of the best climates in the world all year round. It's why people go there and live there. Yeah. It must be very hard to work in, though, Jill. I mean, I know you go for your holidays, you can get in out of it for a couple of hours, you can take shade, take shelter. You don't have to do anything except just sit there and veg when it gets really hot. must be very hard to work in. It is extreme. Like I'm, I'm out of the bar and the restaurant trade now, but I, when I was doing it, I have a whole new appreciation of the word siesta. Yeah. I completely understand where why it's why it's put in place. Um, it, it's just it's draining working working in that system all day. Um, you're trying to stay in the shade as much as you can or in the air conditioning as much as you can, but it just drains. I remember I used to have to come home at four o'clock. And even if I wasn't going back to work, I'd have to go to bed for an hour just to get the body to recuperate. And cool down. Just so you can actually sit down and relax for a few hours later on and have your dinner with the family or whatever. It It, it, it is draining. Like this time of the year, week in the villas and apartments, my advice for other people as well, keep the shutters and the curtains closed all day long. Try and keep the heat out of the place. Yeah. If you're having to have air con, treasure it. I, th- I think the busiest, yeah. the busiest man in the Canary Islands for the next number of years is going to be the air conditioning man because it was a place you didn't need aircon only ten years Before, ago, but n- but now you absolutely yeah. do. You do absolutely um, because you can go days without a proper sleep here if if the temperatures are up if you don't have the aircon. Yeah. So my advice for people is if you don't have aircon. You can rent everything out here as well, and you can rent aircon units and fans here if you are out here in August. Mm. So would be my advice to, to go online and book those in advance, because you will get that extreme heat in August, there's yeah. no doubt about it. You and know, keep plenty of water, at least, the, at least the bottled water is still dirt cheap. It's for nothing. I peepers, I mean, last week there, because I went through about seven litres of water in two days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was just, it was intense, yeah. So, like, you need your good sun creams, your good sunglasses. The UV levels are extremely high here. Mm. They're at 10 nearly most of the time here. Mm. And if you can stay out of it in the afternoons for a couple of hours mm. between 2 and 4, it would be worth it. Plenty bit of, bit of common sense, like. Usual. Yeah. 
yeah, the common sense. Yeah, yeah. You really need to to use that and it's exactly watch the kids. You know, mm. uh, I know they want to be in the water all day, but it is good to take two or three hours out if you can in the day. Yeah. I think that's always the bit that worries me when I see families. We're going since our lads were really small now and James is yeah. 25 now. He can more or less manage himself. But like I remember going and watching smallies of five, six and seven and they're let out into the sea and it's like it's 30 degrees yeah. and they they haven't a hat or a t-shirt or nothing on them. You know, you're asking, you're asking for trouble there. And if you, you see, are, if you I see locals running for shade, get shade. Yeah. Yeah, well, you won't see any locals. You won't see any locals down the beach here between twelve and four. I mean, they don't. Um, most people, the residents, and locals here, we would go for swims at six or seven o'clock in the evening. That's when um, they would go to the beach that time of the day. And I suppose years ago, I suppose you know, when I was you know growing up and that kind of thing, would you wouldn't have had maybe that intense heat either compared to you know climate change is definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, because the world is heating up, um, it wouldn't have been as bad before. But I remember some awful burning days. I have to admit, when I was younger, mm. not paying attention. But now it is, you know, you don't skimp on on the sun cream. If it's cheap, it's usually cheap for a reason. And I hear the little sun cream is actually very good. I know a couple of people that are bringing it out and using it right. that are very fair skinned, and um, they find it very good. All right. Julian, listen, good to talk to you. We'll catch up next week when, Thanks, I'm, when I'm out for a pint. That's Julian Fair, formerly of the Rochestown Inn, if you remember. Uh, he's been in Lanzarote now for a few years, has he? Uh, Julian, thank you. 0818969696. Yeah, meteorologists are warning temperatures will hit new records across Euro- southern Europe this week. Latest forecasts are showing some peaks of 44 degrees. Uh, temperatures consistently high 30s, low 40s. That is hot. That's very hot. I, as I said yesterday, I remember being in Mohaca in mainland Spain. Uh, it's, um, it's, I think it's near, 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 um, near Nurka. But anyway, Mohaca uh, in the early 2000s, maybe 2004, 2005. Uh, and it used to get up to 41, 42 most afternoons because we were at the right at the edge of a desert there. And that's hot. And that's, that's, that's difficult to tolerate. But you're on your holidays. You get in out of it and you're sensible. The hardest thing we had was to be not able to go to the pool because the stones around the pool were just too hot to walk on. So you buy sandals. Simple. Come here. But the worst sun, so was worst sunburn I ever got in my life. And I'm lucky enough to have been able to go on holidays pretty much every year since the kids were small. We've been lucky enough to be able to get, get away and get some sun. But the worst burn I ever got in my entire life and I can only ever remember it as the the only one that ever caused me real pain the only one that ever caused me to really blister the only one that I was sort of on the flat of my stomach for two days almost in tears with didn't happen in Spain didn't happen in the Canary Islands didn't happen in Turkey didn't happen in South Lebanon when I was there. Didn't happen anywhere at all. Happened in Rathcooney. The worst sunburn of my entire life was in Rathcooney when I was out picking strawberries as a kid. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I wonder if people are cancelling holidays. I'd be very surprised if they were in any large numbers. I really would. 
We'll find out next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 Claire Dunn is Chief Executive of the Irish Travel Agents Association. Reading in the Independent, Claire, that people are thinking twice about booking last minute. But those who've booked months in advance and paid deposits and paid final payments, they're not cancelling in any large numbers, are they? Good morning. No. Good morning. How are you, PJ? No, I'm not at all. Um, I mean, I'm looking out my window this morning and it's torrential rain, so I, I wouldn't blame them either. Um, no, we're not seeing cancellations. We are seeing a little bit of a slowdown in last minute bookings, as you say, but people are still booking as well. I mean, they're, they're being careful, but they are booking. And our advice is really, you know, if you're going somewhere that is having a heat wave, just, you know, a Listen to the advice of the local people and do as the locals are doing. You know, have your siesta in the middle of the day and go out early in the morning and in the evening. Don't be out in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. Take your break. You Come know, in out of it. Get cool. Take your break. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, have your have your fun in the morning. Go, go for your swims, your walks, whatever in the morning. Lie by the pool in the morning when it's nice. And then go and have a break. Have a, have a rest in the middle of the day. Mm. Go back to your hotel, your apartment. And exactly like the locals do in hot places like that anyway, they don't go out in the middle of the day. I think what it know, is, Terry, so, is, is we're so used to the unreliability of the Irish weather that we I go know. out and we see the sunshine <laughs> and we're afraid to go in out of it for fear to rain. In case it'll be gone when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's the one thing you can be sure of. It'll still be there yeah. when you go back out. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. You're absolutely right. But I mean, I think we've just got to mind that. You've got to heed the advice that people are giving us, that the local people are giving us. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And listen to that. And take it easy. As you say, the sun is still going to be there, you know, at five o'clock in the evening. And it'll stretch out in the evening. So have a nice walk in the evening or have a nice swim, lie by the pool. The sun will still be warm enough in the afternoon, in the late afternoon and the evening to enjoy it. Yeah. Now, with yeah. regard to sightseeing, I know they they worry a bit about, for example, last year in, in Tenerife when it got really hot, one or two of the excursion companies set off a bit earlier in the morning or a bit later in the yeah. afternoon so yeah. to avoid yeah. that real exactly. inland heat. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, talk to whoever, if you're taking tours or like talk to them and, you know, see, see what they're doing themselves. And if you're concerned, if you have small children, wherever you're concerned about being out on a tour like that in the middle of the day, see if you can change it. See if you can do a different tour in the morning or the afternoon. You know, don't put yourself in a situation where you are out in the midday heat, you know, and make sure, I mean, of course, that you've got your Factor 50 all over you. And I was away recently myself and I said, slathered a bottle of Factor 50 all over over me you know you've just got to protect yourself make sure you have a hat make sure you're covered that you're not going out you know in exposed shoulders or exposed arms you know make sure you have t-shirts with little sleeves on them and that you have maybe a scarf if a ladies foot scarf around their shoulders just to protect them and make sure you protect children make sure they have lots of um good sun cream on them and hats Mm. And you'll and you'll get them you'll get them for half nothing too those straw hats you get them in the market or the tat shop for half oh, nothing. For nothing they protect exactly. everything yeah. they protect your shoulders yeah. they protect I mean, the whole big wide brim yeah big wide brim straw hat and you know you can throw it in your bag or whatever it'll fold up easy it'll yeah. collapse and just you know take it out I bring mine everywhere with me I've had it for years <laughs> it's forever in my bag and I just take it out when I need it you yeah. know I've got a, um, I've got absolutely. one out it's, it's it's battered it's like a big circular beer mat and I just push it out into proper shape every well, year. My, 
song is exactly the same. It's an awful state, but look, it does the job. Do you know what I mean? Like, it does indeed. You know, and I, I was actually working in Turkey last week. I was doing a, a site inspection and it was 36 degrees and we, we had to go out. You know, there was no shade anywhere. And I just took my hat out and I had a little scarf around my shoulders. So that wide brimmed hat and the scarf and it was grand. I didn't stay out in it for very long. I was out in it for 15 minutes and I was back. I was like, yeah. that's enough. Thanks very Claire, much. I don't think we've had a chance to, to chat since you became CEO. I'm a great old friend of uh, the wonderful Pat Dawson oh, who Pat. has fully retired yeah. now but I don't think we've spoken oh, before. There's been an incredible comeback for the industry hasn't there post-Covid? Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, I think people realise the value that we give, you know, and they, they come to us, we, they know we're looking out for them. It's great to have a travel agent in your corner, somebody who is working on your behalf to make sure that your holiday is the best for you. It's not just, you know, take one off the shelf and here you go. Uh, travel agents will listen to their clients and make sure that they're finding the right holiday. And every holiday is different, you know, mm. like the, the group of people that's going is different. What they want from the holiday is different. So that's our job to listen to the clients. And it is a two way street. It's very important for the clients to interact with their travel agent. So they tell them what they want and then we can go off and find it for them. Like you can buy off a brochure as thousands of families do every year or you can go into your travel agent, as I've done many times, and sit down in front of them and say, that's what's there on page 27 of the brochure. Can you do any better for me or is there anything around there? Cause yeah, I don't, that, yeah. that place now looks for all the world like the Empire State Building with a pool. Can you do anything better yeah. for me around there? Well, and exactly. They will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you say, you know, I've got, you know, myself and the wife or the husband, I've got a six-year-old and a ten-year-old and I'm bringing my mother and we want to, you know, we want something for everybody, then that's what the travel agent will do. They'll go off and find something. And if you give them an idea of the type of things you like, you know, I like to be able to walk to a restaurant or, you know, I like to play a bit of golf, whatever it is, they'll go off then and find that for you and even more important you know if you're over there and you have a problem and you need something you call, call your travel agent they, yeah or you know god forbid if something happens at home and you have to come home in a hurry you know you have somebody you're not sitting at an airport trying to get onto your phone trying to change flights whatever on your phone you mm. just give a call to your travel agent and they'll sort it out for yeah. you and, and here's a good one Claire the first time I ever did decide to do that with small kids there were maybe eight or nine at the time we decided to come off brochure and go to to an agent that we knew and, and have yeah. it do. I actually saved 800 euro going to the yeah, agent. Yeah. We got the same yeah, holiday absolutely. in the same place. Yeah. But went, went through see, the this agent. Is, this is what we do, Peter. I know. I was, ama- I was amazed at it. I really was. Because look, DIYs, a lot of people do DIY. I've done DIY myself, yeah. particularly yeah. in a place I know really well. But if you're going somewhere new that you've not been before then yeah. you're best to go to yeah. an agent. And I'm delighted oh, no, to see that you're back You're you're back thriving. I really am delighted. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great. Thank you so much. I mean, it's great. I mean, during the pandemic particularly, I think people really realised that, you know, we were there for them. I mean, I know we worked every day. Our travel agents, ITA agents around the country were working every day, you know, trying to get the refunds back for mm. people and trying to, you know, switch people. I know we, we moved clients sometimes four times. You know, we moved them to the autumn, then we moved them to the next spring and the next autumn. And some people are only going this year and that's the other factor in this that some of people who are going on holidays now haven't been on holidays since 2019 yeah. so they're really really looking forward to it and it's yeah. so important to get away yeah. it really is well, well well, the great Mr Dawson was a fellow that you wouldn't mess with you sound like you've taken up the mantle <laughs> <laughs> 
Claire. I know him well. He's a very good friend of mine. <laughs> give him, well. give him my personal regards, Claire. Take care. I'll be down in a week or two and I'll go and see him. We'll have lunch together. So we will indeed. Take care. That's Claire Dunn, new chief exec of the Irish Travel Agents Association. Thank you. One of the other reasons why people are clamouring to get on planes is simply something like this. Michael, I went to Dublin last week for an appointment for my six-month-old son. We were staying for a night, two adults, on our own. That was €169. I went to add a six-month-old baby. The price went up to €439. This is in a hotel in Stevens Green. I'm I'm looking at it, and he sent us the comparisons. Uh, Yeah, so one night, two adults, €169. One night, two adults, one child, four three. Why the price should even change because you've got a small child in the room is beyond me. That's why people go. I mean, the carry-on with the Taylor Swift tickets, that's going to be some people's summer holidays next year. The price of the Taylor Swift tickets is off the scale and the hotels are just crucifying people. Like we were talking about it ourselves at home there the last couple of days. We like to go to shows. But we've stopped going to Dublin for sure. We're going to one in September. We're going to see Annie in the Board Gash Energy. But we'll go up and down on the same day on the train because it's actually cheaper than staying over. The hotel we've stayed over many times when we've gone to Dublin for shows has trebled in price for one. Trebled. And no sign of coming back down either. either. Uh, you know, it's, it is mad. So it's no wonder people are heading for planes. And good to see it. 0818 96 96 96. It's hot out there, but take it handy and you'll be fine. I am going to say that straight out. I got in trouble for it a few years ago, but I, I don't know. I, I think one of the reasons that people run for airports and planes is, yes, it's to do with the weather. I mean, look out at that. Like, who wants to be sitting looking out at that? And they're two weeks off with their with their children. You don't like. I mean, imagine being down, and y'all is beautiful, and Ballybunion is gorgeous, and Spanish Point is fantastic. Donegal is gorgeous. Go up over the border, Carnlock and County Antrim, wonderful, wonderful places. Port, you know, Port Stewart up the very northern tip of the island, fabulous, fabulous places. Bundor, gorgeous place. We got some Duncannon in County Wexford. Tremore Beach in Waterford, Ardmore. We've got some of the most beautiful beaches and places to go in the whole world. But who's going to go there in that crap? Gary Vaux. Who's going to go there in that crap? With their children for two weeks. That's why people head for, head for planes. The other one is the price of eating out. Now, that having been said, there's some fabulous places to eat around Cork this summer. Some of them very, very new. Kate Ryan has been taking a look at them and I'll talk to her next. 0818 Glengara, a place I have fallen in love with all over again, having not been there for years, had cause to visit it in May and have been back a couple of times since. Such a gorgeous place. And you found a great place down there 
to go foraging. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you and me both. I absolutely adore Glengareth. It's a, it's a spot that I go down to as often as I can during the summer. And there's always something new happening down there. It's real turned into a real kind of foodie hotspot, really, down in the wilds of West Cork. But uh, uh, this foraging trail is uh, part of um, an enterprise by uh, a couple um they go by the name of Two Green Shoots and they've created several kind of things um, just sort of out the other side of Glengariff, halfway up the mountain, the Misty Mountain up there. Um, and they've recreated uh, beautiful gardens, um, edible gardens. They have a, an entire garden trail where everything that you're surrounded by is edible oh, and they wow. call that the garden of reimagination and then what's new this year then is that they've extended uh some of their foraging trails through the forest that they that they are custodians of um and they get, guide you through and they just basically uh sort of point out what you can eat that's growing in a forest environment so it's kind of think when you think of like food forests i suppose so it could Brilliant. be things growing above you below you either side of you and i suppose kind of putting that in the context of the, the the environment you're walking through and then not only are they just pointing things out but they're very enthusiastic they're horticulturalists as well so they they know everything that there is to know about what you're seeing what you're tasting why it grows where it grows and all the rest of it and then chloe who's one half of the partnership is a fantastic cook so after you've had your uh, multi-sensory experience walking through this forest then she'll take you back to this uh, fireside um, uh, dining area that they have outside that's covered for the weather and she will take everything that you forage and turn it into a, a, a sumptuous lunch wow. uh, that's plant-based and then you just kind of sit around the fire together enjoying these beautiful things that you've experienced from the moment you've saw, seen them to picking them to then you're enjoying eating them together and sort of just that communality around the fire yeah. eating food so you know it's very much a back to nature kind of experience but it's it's beautiful and you've got two people there Chloe and Adam they're so passionate about what they do and they've created a beautiful environment to, to for this basically learning experience yeah. around food, you know? Learning is exactly the, the, the word I was looking for because we've all walked in the woods and we've all seen things that look good to eat but we don't know what is good to eat and what would land us in the emergency department. So, <laughs> it's true. They say everything is edible once, you know? <laughs> exactly. But this will be two experts with you and a walk in the forest, you could eat that, you can eat that, and we will eat that in a minute. It sounds like exactly. such fun. If you got a bit of weather, it's even better. Let's go exactly. to a, a, an undiscovered treasure. And I always, I'm, I kind of whisper the name because someday, someday, crass tourism will discover Belly Brannigan. And when it does, we'll lose that beauty. It's gorgeous and you have to look for it. When you get there, there's food and events. Yeah, this is Neve Hegarty, who's the founder of Neve's Larder Food Truck. And she's also got a sort of a new side business as well, which is doing really well called Bee Cultured Water Kefir, which is fermented water that she flavors with sort of berries and turmeric and things like this. So she's um, she's got this beautiful business. She's got a very um, sort of kind of beautiful outlook on life really you know and her whole ethos I suppose underpinning what she does with food is about creating community and her food truck food uh, Neve's Larder is 
quite uniquely uh, placed on her family farm, which just happens to overlook Valley Brannigan Beach. So the only way you can get to the food truck is by walking down the beach mm. and then sort of meeting her up on the family field there with this incredible view over this incredible beach. So you're already kind of winning it life when you find her food truck down there. <laughs> but then what she's kind of doing for, for the, the summer then is extending this idea of community and culture um so she's created this uh, lovely little micro stage really at the bottom of the field by the food truck and she's going to be hosting throughout the summer different um gigs and events um acoustic events really uh, from this little sort of wooden stage that she's erected on the beach with the the sea in the background and the beach in the background and then you've got the smells of her food that you can have there as well in her drinks and everything natural drinks so it's just this kind of like amazing thing that she's kind of created and uh, she's been running a couple so far the next one coming up is is actually this weekend uh saturday 22nd of july um and it's going to be um she's got a couple of local um musicians chamber musicians one plays the cello one plays the flute so it's going to be this incredible beautiful sort of musical experience with food on this amazing beach as you kind of say it's one of cork's hidden gems oh, and it is. we're kind oh, of loath to talk about it but we must you I know went, I, I know <laughs> i went looking for it one day during the the nice weather in in covid times when we had nothing to do and you stay at home and find nice places and i discovered it yeah. and i thought you could be anywhere when the sun shines on belly brannigan beach you could be absolutely mm-hmm. anywhere. She's bculture.com with, key, uh, with a K, with a K instead of a C. That's right. Now, Whitegate, I knew they were doing this, but the, the small little pier in Whitegate, is it a food truck or coffee? Because the last time I was in Whitegate, there was work going on down there. Yeah, so it's it's neither. It's actually a container. So oh. you've kind of gone beyond the food truck to the <laughs> sort of semi-permanent status of the container. So yeah, um, there was some work happening down on the on the pier there. And then uh, Grania, who is the owner of Corkbeg Coffee, has um, kind of I think she started out as a food truck, actually, and she's kind of upgraded to this container dock, coffee dock now uh, on Middle Pier in White Gate, um, serving lovely coffees and lovely um, cakes and treats and things like this. And she's using the pier then as kind of an extension to the coffee dock. So when the weather is great, obviously, it's this beautiful al fresco coffee spot that seems to be absolutely hitting the spot with local people as well so it's thrown there on on great on lovely days and then you've kind of got this lovely thing where people are sort of just rocking up with their boats beside the pier to grab oh, a coffee cool. so this kind of like really nice thing yeah so it's very similar to kind of neve as well she's kind of taken advantage of her location and uh she's uh sort of hosting very intimate very informal um, musical gigs on the pier. Um, again, acoustic, but um, amplified. Um, yeah, so just you go there. They're very laid back. They're very accessibly priced. The last one they had was a group called, court group called Greenshine. The tickets were 15 quid. Mm. Um, and you can just go there. You can enjoy music, beautiful view. And yeah. then you've got oh. uh, the coffee and the cakes in the background. Green, so gr- green, Greenshine with the sun going down on a summer's evening and a good coffee in your hand. I can't think of that nicer. It'd be really lovely. Oh, yeah. Let's let's go posh for a bit. Hayfield Manor. Posh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hayfield. So, what have they done? They've got this look. new, elegant sort of. I've, I've seen a picture of it. It looks fabulous. Describe it for me. Bloom. It's it's wonderful. Actually, I've seen it with my own eyes, PJ. So it's definitely real. So um, it's 
completely hidden so it's a total surprise you don't see it at all from the grand facade when you rock up to Hayfield Manor which is Cork City's only five-star restaurant so you have to go into the beautiful kind of courtyard garden that they have which is sort of nestled in the heart of the of the hotel complex and what they've done is they've kind of like plonked this sort of glass box if you like um into the garden and nestled it into the, the the all the beautiful sort of trees and flowers and everything that they have kind of growing there and it's an open front bar so with a retractable glass roof so when the weather is absolutely stunning you know you feel like you're out in nature and obviously bloom by name bloom by nature uh, by, by nature literally uh, but at the same time if the weather is a bit un- unsavory they can close over the roof but you still have the open fronted kind of area so you're looking out onto the beautiful manicure yes. gardens there so the whole idea with this is not it, it, it is a bar, but they also do food as well. So it's mainly kind of brunch and lunch offerings that they have there. Um, the cocktails is what's sort of driving this whole experience. So if you can kind of think of a time where you have, you know, you want to go out with your with your girlfriends or, you know, maybe just like a nice family get together and somewhere a bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, this is just the spot, really. You can really hang out. You can feel very decadent for a few hours, sipping your cocktails and eating your beautiful for food and I think this is kind of like a new I don't know what's going on actually in Hayfield Manor but there seems to be a real kind of push for the food to kind of drink offering there now at the hotel which is great because you know we it's been a, you know we all know Hayfield Manor has been around for ages but we're really sort of just kind of um, getting to rediscover this yeah. really beautiful um, period property in the heart of Cork City yeah, and a, Bloom is a really elegant way to interact with it's it. It's a touch of class in, in Hayfield always was. Yeah. Last one for now Kate the Alpacas of Union Hall. <laughs> right. Now, I'm going to say to you here now, I haven't done this yet, but I am doing this with a friend in a couple of weeks' time, and I absolutely can't wait. So alpacas are kind of like llamas, but they're more gentle, and they don't spit, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Um, the boys don't. The girls like, do. Yeah. They're kind of like the ultimate... Uh, they're gorgeous, um, uh, therapy. didn't you they are gorgeous they're woolly they kind of look like a llama um and they're they're kind of used as a therapy animal so um this kind of a crowd down in uh just outside union hall have set up this uh, alpaca farm and um you can interact with these alpacas in three beautiful ways so the one that i'm hoping to do is the morning um walk where you take them from where they graze on grass overlooking the beautiful sea view there at union hall and then you take them down you walk them down to the beach so it's about two and a half hours you walk them down to the beach they have a bit of a forage on the beach you can pet them you can talk to them you can you know take selfies with your alpaca whatever and then when you wander back on up then um there's a there's a bit of a um a workshop you can do around uh, you know basket making and things like this so there's like one way to do it there's also you can just go to, if that's a bit too much for you you can just go down and do like a meet and greet which is about an hour mm. um, and you can also organize it as a group tour as well but i just love this whole kind of way of just interacting with these gentle animals in a beautiful environment and of course being union hall which is one of our lovely fishing ports you know just over the the famous war of the button bridge in, into Glandor and there 
there's Hayes Bar and Kitchen there, and they're really famous for their mussels and soda bread. So mm-hmm. if you could imagine sort of doing your alpaca walk in the morning and then feasting on mussels, soda bread, and a nice creamy pint of something stoutish yeah. afterwards, I think that makes for a really nice food <laughs> or adventure. A nice, those, mu- those mussels are gorgeous with a nice Pinot Grigio. They're absolutely <laughs> business. That too, yeah. yeah no, alpacas, <laughs> I was in Donegal a couple of years ago up in Five Fingers Cove, which you, if you've ever been there, uh, and right up over, no, I haven't. No. It's gorgeous. Right up over it, on the side of a cliff, there's an alpaca walk, and we I, oh, there was wow. nothing like it in Cork. So this this looks like a definite must do. Union Hall alpaca walk, and they have awwc.ie is a website, and you can book the whole lot before you go down there. That's Fabulous. right. Yeah, Kate, love to see you. Great talking to you. Thank you very much. That's Kate Ryan. Flavor.ie is her website, and there's so there is a lot to do. If you if you are staying at home over the next few weeks, and you know, there is a lot to do. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Um, speaking of cork and all that's good, did you see this survey which found that we are in the top twenty five in the world places to live. In the whole world. I was delighted to see this this survey, which of course, here it is. It's, it's ranked in the top 25 cities worldwide for quality of life. This was the research website Numbeo. New one on me, but we'll take their evidence. They said that it's one of the top cities in the world, you know, taking into things like the cost of living, healthcare, safety, pollution, and the ratio of house price to income. Now, a lot of people might disagree, but this is what the survey said. It was number 25 on a list of 195 cities worldwide. The top five were Valencia, Spain, Vienna, Luxembourg, Rotterdam and The Hague. Dublin came in at 113th, but we were 25 out of 24 out of 195, which can't be bad any day of the week. Maureen Tuig went downtown to see what people thought. I saw Dublin as 113, so I've lived in Dublin, and yeah, I, I prefer Cork a lot, definitely. It's just this, uh, you have everything here, it's quieter, it's cleaner, I feel safer living here as well. Um, I work here, so it's great, the rents are actually cheaper as well. Um, so yeah, it has pretty much everything, people are nice, there's restaurants, bars, good nightlife. Um, yeah, it's a great place to live. I saw that healthcare was one of the things that, they, that Cork kind of went down on, and I kind of agree with that a little little bit um so i think that could be better um i, I mean rents are high but <laughs> rents are high everywhere so that could be improved uh, the roads are terrible roads are awful so driving and out roads are terrible Dunkettle is absolutely cr- terrible uh, i was going to say so worse so it's on the radio isn't it <laughs> sorry about that uh Dunkettle's awful especially now yeah now um, that it's all done <laughs> up do you think it's better or worse um it is better yeah it's easier to get into the city definitely uh, i think going to other places is, is harder so trying to get into the tunnels a little bit harder I think maybe or going out onto the motorway but I've been there still working on it so I guess maybe that that'll improve there's nowhere to go we live up the country and we have no transport we're living in Grenade and we have no transport at all it's terrible you know long ago you could go into a bar and you'd have someone singing and there was music and it was lovely and people woke up singing and it was very entertaining but we haven't that anymore 
no train service or anything out to no, Kenya where no, we live. The train no. passes to Mallow, right? There's, and there's no hope of it ever happening. No. So we're kind of in limbo. We have to drive in all the time. Yeah, for you driving in, I do have to park in the city. Yeah, I oh, yeah. parked inside in Tesco. No. Cost of it, no. Yeah. It's lovely. It's beautiful. We were just talking about your flowers and how beautiful that looks and how we would like to take that back to our city <laughs> and maybe try to beautify it. It's beautiful buildings don't really have any we're actually just stayed the one night we're going to probably go to Blarney Castle and um, then we're heading to the west coast and when you were making your holiday plans why did you decide that Cork would have to be on the list we've just heard wonderful things about it from all of our friends and family who had um, some ancestry here and uh, it was just one of the places we wanted to make sure we visited and so far, is it meeting the expectations? Yes. Absolutely. Lively, absolutely. lively no, nightlife, even on a Sunday night. Yeah. We were kind of surprised by that, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. And fun. had a great dinner. And lovely. Where did you go for nightlife dinner? Right around over here. Uh, we were at Rab Roy. Uh, they had fun karaoke. And um, <laughs> we were there for a little while. Before that, we were, I can't pronounce it. It's um, some kind of Irish Irish drum. That's the, on the you. Bar- yeah, that, that was you wonderful. Go. Loved it. <laughs> Um, yeah, we just have had a great time. The Baron. Uh, I, 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 I see more Asia who got her to pronounce it. <laughs> Bodron or something. There, I'll throw the floor open to you. Do you agree with that finding that Cork is a wonderful place to live? The top ten included Madrid, Amsterdam, Vienna, Rotterdam and The Hague. The Netherlands had three out of the top ten. Dublin was 113. Cork was number 24. What would you think, though? Floor's open to you on this grotty old July morning. Although, is that a bit of blue I see in the sky? That'd be nice. Should Cork be in the top five? Some people are saying. Let's see. Let's see what you think. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Yeah, after talking to Kate Ryan there's a few people suggesting their own hidden gems if you've got one fling us a text at 083 396 96 96 yes I'm a big advocate of going away yes I love travelling and I love being way overseas for a couple of weeks enjoying the sun and the thing but also I know that we've got some tremendous hidden gems in Cork and Kerry Um. Someone says here, uh, lunch. We go to lunch at the Lifeboat Inn in Court McSherry. Lovely place. Uh, anywhere like that that you've discovered that we should know about. I've won, and talking about Glen Gareth as I was there with with Kate. A lovely day out. If you want to do this, is take a spin down to Glen Gareth, and before you go in to the little town itself, on the left hand side as you drive into Glen Gareth, you'll see a bamboo park. And it's, it's pretty cheap to go in, park the car and take a walk. Take about an hour. And on a nice day, it's stunning. You can walk all the way down to the water's edge and there's a little beach down there, seating area. 
and the bamboo park is exactly what it says in the tin. Bamboo. Incredible different species and varieties of bamboo from all over the world. Some of them are some of them are as thick as your arm and they grow maybe 20, 30 feet up. And it's it's just a lovely, lovely walk for an hour. It's really fascinating. Then go into the town, and this is my hidden gem. We found this at one afternoon when we were down there. It's a hotel called Casey's. Now they've been there since forever. And I remember going down there donkeys years ago. But they've put a little deck out the side. Um, for outdoor dining, presumably they did it during COVID, and they've got, and this is just me being me, they've got the most gorgeous feed of bangers and mash that I've tasted for many a long day. That's my little little hidden gem. What is yours from around Cork? I don't care what it is, whether it's chips. I know there's, isn't there a fantastic chipper down there between Gallyhead and Onahinsha? A little chipper truck down Give me those little places that you, that you found, that you were surprised about. I remember finding one. Now, this is Kerry. We went driving one evening uh, a couple of years ago now, and the weather turned absolute crap on our way home, as it's prone to do. But we were gagging for a bag of chips. And in the middle of nowhere, I mean middle of nowhere, there's this, this house, these two big houses like you'd find in the country. And out the front of it, one guy has a chipper. Out the front of his house, he is a chipper. Those gorgeous chips. So, what have you found? Give me a hidden gem that you found around Cork, maybe even down into Kerry, that people should know about if they're staying at home, if they're staycationing, to use that horrible word there. Uh, Michael was on about hotel prices, and he was talking about this uh, going to Dublin to book a hotel in Stevens Green, and he was taking his son up, adult son, and one night was 169 and then they decided to bring a baby with them a child with them and a child put the price up to 439 and he sent us the, the booking forms or he sent us the clips off of booking.com so it, it certainly looks totally genuine to me people are suggesting that the hotel price wasn't 169 per adult or maybe you should ring them and he would advise that we ring them thank you for that Joe 0818969696 now back down to earth for a while we spoke yesterday about tracker mortgages and about how a lot of people are thinking what to do with their um, with their tracker mortgage because they were brilliant when you could get them and when you could sign up with them they were fabulous and they were dirt cheap for a few years relatively speaking of course now they've gone up and up and up and up and up Yesterday, we were contacted by someone whose tracker repayment has gone up €500 Euro a month. And is it Brian Ford? Brian Ford. Brian was the chap who was on with us yesterday talking about what you should do. And it really is a case-by-case basis. Simi, uh, good morning. Good morning, PJ. You're wondering what to do about your tracker mortgage. It's getting difficult. Yes, uh, I was with Ulster Bank now past 12 years and uh, the first five years was fixed and then I had an option of taking either tracker or variable. So I chose tracker and as you said, a few years back, the rates were down and we had a great time, but now they are hiking up and it's absolutely nonstop. My mortgage was 875 going back a few months ago and now it's 1,200. Wow. 
So it's a big increase and I'm the only person. I'm divorced and I have my 18-year-old son living with me with no financial support from my husband. Mm-hmm. So it's my mortgage, my loans, the cost of living is high. It's really tough. Yeah. 875 so it was, now it's 1200. That's 325 euro. Uh, that's yeah. and and energy bills going up on top of that and food exactly going, that's getting on that's getting unsustainable Simi. yeah i do i know uh, now the last letter i got a few weeks back was they said it's going to be increased in july so it's 1200 so yeah. if that is another hike pj i really don't know what i'm going to do and unfortunately I, I think there will be because that's what that's what you're hearing from europe that they are going to keep increasing yeah, but that's ridiculous. I don't understand the logic behind this inf- inflation drop by increasing the ECB. But he said anything called as humanity. How are people going to struggle, uh, like, you know, cope with this uh, rise? You know, as you said, the cost of living is high. Everything is going high. You have to pay your mortgage. You have to put the food on the table. I am working PJ weekdays, weekends, just to get that little extra bob to pay the mortgage. But how long I'm going to kind of, you know, go along with this? I have no idea. No, they, they tell us, the European Central Bank, that the only way to bring inflation down is to put interest rates up. I would argue there's got to be a better way because you're putting people like you and like the person who wrote to us yesterday, yes. you're putting them to the pin of their collar just to live. Yeah, it is, it is going to be very difficult. Like, I've never missed my mortgage over the past 16 years. But if this is going to happen, I won't be able to pay the full amount. Definitely not. Yeah, and at the same time, I, I think the people in this country who are poor and who are rich get away with everything. Like the cases, like you and me, who are in the middle class, paying the higher tax, I get caught all the time, and the government is doing absolutely nothing about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I honestly, I don't know, but uh, I did inquire in AIB Bank if I switch uh, to fixed fixed rate for five years, uh, what it's going to be because they're going to take over from Ulster Bank. Yeah, but I don't think there is much difference, to be honest. So and I'm. How many years have you left on the mortgage? Oh Jesus, we do have loads. Oh God, <laughs> I probably pay the mortgage till I retire, oh, unless no. I'm in the lotto, which is highly unlikely. Yeah. They do say, though, take. Yesterday we were chatting. They're saying get good advice and get independent advice because if you go to a bank, the yeah. bank is going to give you advice that suits the bank. Yeah, exactly. It'd yeah. be best to to find some independent advice, someone someone who's mm-hmm. there, getting answers for you, because that certainly starting to look like a an unsustainable increase. And another one, which I think, I think Mrs. Von der Leyen said earlier this summer that we can expect another one either in July or August of another quarter of a percent, and we can't rule out another quarter of a percent before the end of the year. Mm, it's going to be tough but look independent advice I think is the best way to go definitely yeah yeah I feel for you though I I made the decision I I have the advantage of having independent advice Um, my brother actually works in the trade or did for donkey's years and when I got the letters about the increases in January we were having a point together and I said what am I going to do here and he said ring him up and, and see what you can do to fix because it's only going to go up and I got a fixed deal and I'm locked into a fixed deal for three years and I'm, I've breathed a huge sigh of relief we'll worry about what happens at the end of it do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess I cannot unless uh, AIB Bank 
takes over Ulster Bank mortgage because I'm still with Ulster Bank. So are you saying, do I need to go to the independent advisors to get this thing sorted? I, well, it might be best if you went to some independent advice before you approach whatever bank you're with. Uh, and so that right. you, so that they know. Someone is saying here: Could you nego- could you renegotiate interest only for a year or two? Uh, if you, if you're working, they should do that for you. Alternatively, could you rent a room even Monday to Friday because you can earn fourteen thousand tax free per annum on that? Um, mm, I did see that now uh, lately, but I'm not that sure. <laughs> well, if you had a spare room. Uh, you can rent it. You can claim forty, and you can claim fourteen thousand a year from someone on someone yeah. paying you digs, and you may not have. Where are you from originally, Simi? I'm from India, yeah. but I've been in Ireland for the past sixteen years. I was talking to you uh, a couple of times on the radio. I think I know who. You are. Ah, now it clicks yes, with yes. me. Now the penny drops. <laughs> now with the penny. Yeah, you have. Have you heard of the expression digs? No. No. Digs is where someone comes and lives in your house and pays you rent to rent a room and occasionally eat with you Sunday to Friday. Students do it a lot, for example. Oh, Students yes, and guards, yeah. actually. Gar- young guards uh, will, will often look for digs. That'd uh, be handy. <laughs> yeah. And you can charge them 14000 a year and you don't have to give the taxman a penny of it. But that'd go oh, a long right. way towards paying your track of mortgage, wouldn't it? Well, I suppose I'll have to consider that, yes. If you have yes. a spare... If you have the room to spare, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, it they are going there. It is getting ridiculous. Uh, you probably wouldn't mind. You might you mightn't get all of the fourteen, but you know yourself up to fourteen, up to fourteen. Yeah, I did hear you about the government might give tax relief. It would be a big relief for people yeah. like us, you know, at this stage. I hope they lean over at Kermi Hall, Martin. Can you hear me? Do consider us. Yeah, they're just they're just telling me here now that Emer looks into this. For me, she said, maybe for a room, you might one fifty yeah. to one eighty a week for a room, room for a person. So, like that, that that would pay your difference, wouldn't it? Sunday to yeah. Friday. That's, yeah. yeah, I think you. I yeah, think a lot of people. Go, no, you're more than welcome. A lot of people are going to start looking at that. I think because if you're if you are, and the advice I think from all the experts is, if you are long term with the mortgage, the chances are maybe hold on to the tracker because. Well, they'll never go back yeah. to being quarter or, one, or half a percent yet. Again, they will come down. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm hoping. At some stage, they will have to stop and bring it down, you know. They'll so, kind of hold on to that. That's my I only think it might option. Be, yeah. Make sure, of course, you get references for whoever's coming in and get them well vetted, yeah. that kind of thing. But yeah, there's, a, there's, right. a, there's a source of income there for you and, it, and it's tax-free. Let us know what you do. Simi, let us know what you... All right, Simi, take care. Thanks very much. Good to hear from you. Sad to know you're going through that kind of trouble with your mark. Yeah, she's right, though. She's making that point, which a lot of people are making. As somebody, some economist said on a a British radio program I was listening to a few weeks ago, and I can't remember what channel it was now, but some economist was being interviewed, and look... With the best will in the world, some of them are probably very nice people. But when economists start talking about the economy, they can sound like your cruel uncle. They really can. Um, this was about the, the mortgages in Britain, which are gone through the roof altogether. And the quote that this economist gave, and I stopped and I said, did you just say that? He said, if it's not hurting, it's not working. 
So that's with reference to the ECB and putting up these interest rates to try and bring inflation down. And if it's not hurting, it's not working. Like, how horrible is that to say to people like Simi who are struggling? And the person who wrote to us yesterday who are struggling. If it's not hurting, it's not working. Like, that's economic theory for you. 0818969696 would wind you up, wouldn't it? It really would. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Yeah, your, your, your hidden gems from around the, the county would be, would be very welcome this morning. Now, remember yesterday, John accused me of having gotten out of the wrong side of the bed. When in actual fact, okay, I did probably get a bit cross with him. I shouldn't have, but all of that. Um, something happened last night, and I, I should be in a much worse humour than I am this morning, but I'm grand. That's pages six and downwards have completely vanished from my screen. You might try to sort that out for me. Um, but last night, um, my daughter was in town in the car. She was driving home from a meeting with her hockey team and she was going down Kyle Street, turning out onto North Main Street to drive out for home. She was staying over at home last night and we were going to have a beer together when she came home. She came in the door like a demon at about 10 to 10. And she brought me out and there was a scooter-shaped dent in the side of the little car we drive, which is only a few months old. She had been there at the junction of Kyle Street, waiting her opportunity to turn into North Main Street, when this Lutheran, lunatic, clown, came careering along the footpath. Of course he was on the shagging footpath. On an electric scooter, and ploughed straight into the side of the little car. And without so much as a buyer leave picked himself up, dusted himself down and scooted off down Kyle Street out in front of the Bridewell Garden Station. That might have been his mistake, I don't know. Because we went into the Bridewell, the two of us, and she made a statement to a fabulous young guard, a credit to his uniform, who was on the public desk last night at the Bridewell. Um, There's a fine little dint in the door of the car and a fine little scrape where it happened. And, like, you've no comeback. You've no comeback. And these clowns are everywhere. And we were only talking about it on the way home, how much of it we actually see. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. And he just... Into the side of her. Bang! Into the rear passenger door. There's a fine little... It's like someone took a bite out of the bottom of it. A scooter hub-shaped bite out of the bottom of the car. And he's gone off down now as the... Wonderful guard said in the Bridewell, he kind of picked the wrong way to do it, the wrong place to do it, because he came all the way down Kyle Street and around in front of the Garda station. So there's cameras everywhere. Now, if they can find him, if they can identify him, grand, they probably can't. And there's shag all they can do. Absolutely shag all they can do, even if they do catch him. It's ridiculous. But they're, they're a scourge. 
the, the guard who was there last night said to me that they're, they're, blood, they're a bloody scourge, and they are. Anyway, that's why I should be in bad form this morning, but I'm not. 0818 96 96 96. Now, uh, Sinead O'Sullivan, sist, sister of Denise. Exciting times, Sinead. Oh my God, yeah. Are you Very here or are you times. there? No, I'm here. I'm here in Cork. So, unfortunately, we couldn't get out to see it. Yeah. But that's okay, too, because, look, you know what? We're FaceTiming her every day. Good. It's like we're over there. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, I mean, the Good. internet today is amazing. So communication you can, is incredible. How, yeah, how, is, how is she? Crazy, how, how's, so. the, how's the leg? She's It's good. It's good. Um, she done a bit of light training yesterday, so... Good. Good, isn't she's it? she's doing great. She's um her form is great. Good. She's Good. a tough she's a tough cookie. Oh, she's a tough you know cookie. What I mean? so, and I know um, I know Vera's given her every time she can give her to to be fit, which is great, you know, uh, for the match. Yeah, yeah. Now you've got a couple of big watch parties, and the, the, of course the matches are on at stupid o'clock, like. But but um. Yeah, you know yourself. I mean, people are working, so you know, and I mean these these people are just not going to take off work at half at ten o'clock in the morning, but. Mm. No, we've great support. We have amazing support from the people at the north side and Cork City itself. Um, so we're going to go to the Maradike. You know the Maradike, the Wool Sheds Bar yeah. down yeah. Shear Street. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's Shear Street. Yeah. Um, so we've we've a great number of people going in there. So the support there is unbelievable. Watch party, so big screen, the whole day. thing. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole thing, RTE, RTE are coming in live. We have um, On The Ball coming down from Dublin. We have Cork Bebo. You know yourself. Yeah, you I'd know. say we like, might well I send mean, someone see. down ourselves. Do you know? we, we might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Join the party. I mean, it's going to be huge. I mean, come on, it's the World Cup. It's the Women's yeah. World Cup. So why why shouldn't it be, you know? It's now, real again, now. I mean, it's <laughs> real now. Your sister is playing in the World oh, Cup. Like. <laughs> I know, I know. And you know what? Now you'd be sick and you'd be excited at the same time, you know. And then then when what happened there last week, we were, I actually thought I was going to get a heart attack, actually. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, this is her dream, you know. And I mean, it's every one of the girls' dreams on that team. It's just not Denise's either, you know. Mm. So, I mean, but to get that phone call last week, it was crazy. But you know what? Now she's, she... She didn't even leave a phaser. That's her personality. You know? I'd she, say there was rosaries being rattled and saints being bothered all over the north side, though, to make sure she'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the church and lit a candle, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but um, all's good, thank God. And you good. know what? Now, as you said, there's a few venues around the city. I mean, I know Turner's Cross now are doomed for the second match. That would be. On the 26th, if I'm correct, Wednesday against Canada. That's a lunchtime kick isn't it? Yeah. That's a good time, actually, because we're going to go to Murphy's Rock for that. We've that planned for a few months with uh, Bernard Murphy and Karen up there. We have a big, we have a huge set up there because we said one o'clock is probably more doable yeah. for people time-wise, you know. And they have a massive sound system get. up there to, to, be, to be like being at the match, to be brilliant. It's fantastic. They have a great setup as well up there, as as well as the Maradike. Like both mm. venues are fantastic. So, but Turner's Cross on the twenty sixth. I know have a there's a big um, screen. They're going to do an outdoor screen in Fabulous. Turner's Cross on the twenty sixth, which is fantastic as well. So, 
I think a lot of places are coming together now with it. I think Mahon Point are putting screens up. I think mm. now the youth centre in the north side, you'll be familiar, um, Tony Fitzgerald's youth mm-hmm. centre, yep. they're doing something huge there as well. So there's, there's it's a huge fan. Tony's a big fan, it. of course. Tony's a massive fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's all good. Thank God. Thank God. We're excited. Very excited. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. So it's the it's the woolshed in the Mardyke this for the first game. What time is are they opening in there? Half ten. Half ten. So everyone come along. <laughs> Take the day off work. Fun and sick. <laughs> Shh, stop. You spoil plans. Don't say nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd be fired myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but she. So, and, yeah. and I'm glad to hear that she that she's on the mend. And I know that I did see the reporting over the night overnight in the sports pages. Vera will give her literally to the very last second to be ready. Yeah, yeah and that's that's their plan. I think you know. So you know, I mean, there's 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 not much talk about it between good. us, Denise. When we speak to Denise, Denise will just tell you, I'm good, I'm fine. You know, that's that's you won't get much from Denise. That's the way Denise is anyway. Yeah. Once we know she's okay, we're happy with that. You know what I mean? You know, Denise don't dramatize things either. You know, you, that's probably she's not that's a probably what makes her so good. You know, but she, that makes she, her so humble and grounded yeah. because she don't take anything. She don't take it like you know, social media is off the wall, isn't it? You know, and yeah. I mean, that's just part of the World Cup and just part of that's part of it, isn't it? You know, so. But well, she a, just gets on with us. There was a brilliant profile of her in the Forty Two website uh, in the last couple oh, of days. Oh my god, that was brilliant! It was god, fantastic. Yeah. It's a, she's full of love, but you don't f with Sully. <laughs> he was brilliant. He was brilliant. I was actually there for that interview. He, he came to my mother's house. He's from Dublin. The Forty Two is from Dublin. Um, and yeah. he was oh, he was great. Like he was lovely. I mean, we brought him around the north side and. David he Sneed. was fantastic. He'd, he'd, he'd done a, that article. It was actually fantastic, wasn't it? It was a real kind of you could you could see the person she is, you know, yeah. by reading it. Yeah, yeah, it was lovely. You yeah. Get the sense of, and I think you told me this before. Like ever since she was old enough to stand up, she was kicking a ball. Oh my god, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. yeah. She, I mean, yeah, all her life, all her life. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. now, and now oh. here, and now here is her opportunity, and it was so excited. And yeah, when is that? When when yeah. will the team be named? Do you know? I don't know. I actually don't know. I suppose what day we say Tuesday. It could be tomorrow. Probably, probably you know Wednesday I mean? evening. You know, yeah, I probably Wednesday evening. I would there say is Wednesday a de- evening. There is a I... deadline, you see, by which they've got to name the team. So. Yeah, yeah, I would say Wednesday. I would say maybe Wednesday afternoon, maybe. So, yeah, the excitement now, is, it's surreal, really, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't think we're going to actually, it's when we're going to be sitting down watching the game Thursday, we're going to go, wow. I think that's what's going to happen, of, is you're going to, you're going to be sitting yeah. there in front of a big screen watching a crowd of 81,500 people in a stadium Amazing. on the other side of the world, and there's your sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very emotional. I, th- I, I, I don't think the, I think I, I think the kidneys will move to behind your eyes very quickly. I think so too. You know, but even when I was reading, I know we'd be ba- we'd be all balling, <laughs> <laughs> and we'd be all, we'd be on our tea then balling, crying, it's getting like. Um, but yeah, do you know what? No, it's surreal, and do you know what? No. We're so proud of her. Yeah. Very proud of her. Like I mean, she's she's come a long way. This is her dream. 
this has been her dream since she's been seven, I think. You know yeah. what I mean? Imagine that. McNugent was on you know? to say the St. Vincent's Clubhouse uh, is showing the game yeah. Thursday morning. Best of luck to everyone as well. Very good. So they're showing it. I think a lot of places are, to be honest. I think most of the north side, is, most of the north side are showing it. So mm. it's great. All right. Yeah, Listen, it'd be fantastic. When you're talking to her, tell her we all said best of luck. I will, of course. We'll Thanks be, very much for taking the call. And we'll be rooting. Denise O'Sullivan's sister, Sinead. Uh, yeah, it's a brilliant article. Can we throw a link up to it, guys? Um, th- that fantastic profile in in the in the 42.ie written by David Sneed about her and the title Maiden Cork she's full of love but you don't F with Sully class 0818 96 96 96 PJ my hidden gem is the old creamery in Kilcrahan on Sheep's Head lovely place well worth the visit says Madeline PJ best place in West Cork Eagle Point Camping in Ballylicky Ballylicky <gasps> Ballylicky the number of times I played gigs, weddings and functions down in the Reen Desert. Was it the Reen Desert Hotel? I passed it recently and it's a very sad monument to what it used to be. It's all overgrown and gone to the, the Reen Desert Hotel in Ballylicky was one of my favourite places to um, to stay and to gig in, in West Cork. Eagle Point Camping. And there's a lovely little beach, isn't there, down there? If you get a nice day. Thanks for that. Uh, Johnny. Uh, just on my little story with regard to the scooter Egypt last night. Minister for Justice needs to get the finger out. Stop wasting their time bringing, up, bringing in laws for the bars to stay open late and deal with these flipping idiots. They're going to seriously injure someone. But as usual, nothing will be done until someone is killed. Well, Johnny, someone has actually been killed. There's a woman died in Dublin only a week or two ago after a collision. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With a scooter. And there's a man died, I think, up in Derry. Was it Derry? In the, in the last one. So there have been people killed uh, by these blasted things. And still, they're virtually unregulated. Put that article up now on our Twitter at OpinionLine96, the Made in Cork article about Denise O'Sullivan. 0818969696. Speaking of sun and high temperatures overseas, PGI was in Crete in 2003. It was 49 degrees. John says on sun and increasing temperatures, it would be interesting to know, is there a comparable increase in melanoma being reported Good question, John. The only thing about that is you can get melanoma in Fountainstown uh, if you get badly burnt. So you don't necessarily have to go to a super hot place of Europe to get that. But I get, it's a good point. Actually, I think I mentioned this yesterday. And I'm so glad that I'm flying out of Cork and I think other people will be too. When you see what's happening in a place called Holywell. Holywell is about five minutes drive from... Dublin Airport, it's a housing estate and the residents up there are up in arms because every square inch of parking at Dublin Airport has been booked out for weeks so now people are coming up in their cars to go on holidays and they're parking in places like Holywell and then they're going out into the street outside and they're getting a bus to the airport or a cab to the airport with all their bag and baggage but they're abandoning the car, in housing estates. No, it's not exactly illegal. Uh, in fact, it's not illegal at all. But it's a pain in the ass that there's too many people doing it. Uh, yeah, and the Residents Association up there, up in arms, there's frustration, huge frustration. There's a wonderful aerial picture I'm looking at here in front of me of, of Dublin Airport car park. It's like, it's, it's vast. Absolutely vast. And there's a taxi driver quoted here in this article I'm reading where he's driven loads of people to Dublin Airport from the local estates. He thinks it's wrong they're doing it but you can understand where they're parking. There's also a thing called Park P&P. It's a bit like Airbnb. And here's a clever one. I heard someone talking about this a few weeks ago if you're going to Dublin Airport. You can actually rent space in somebody's driveway and pay them for the two weeks. If they have a bigger driveway or an empty driveway you can pay them to park your car there for the couple of weeks you're away. But that's Dublin. That's a foreign place. We, we don't worry too much. Up here in our wonderful Cork Airport, I'll let you hear this later in the week. I was there last week just for a chat with a few people and I had a spot of lunch with them and just wandered around the airport for an hour to meet some of the characters up there. And I met the fellow who, who runs the car park or keeps control of the car park and he said to me, if you bring it up, we'll park it. Give me a bit of notice and we'll find a place for it. That's the attitude that makes it pure cock. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Thanks for...
for all your nominations in the Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards. Best of Cork Awards. Best of all is now. Now stay listening to hear who's made the shortlist. We'll announce the finalists this Wednesday from 6am. Then get voting for your favourite. Are you ready, ready for the light? The Best of Cork Awards 23. The Best of Cork Awards 23. You're the best. Only on Cork's 96FM. What about GAA Go back early in the season? Um, the, the gas season and how frustrating it was that big matches were on a paywall and we couldn't get in behind the paywall unless you paid 12 quid per match and then the stupid thing wasn't like any other app you could download you could watch it on a phone and you had to drive scan it onto the television and it just didn't work yeah, go 12 quid a match and a lot of people are very annoyed by the fact that the really big matches were getting shown on GAA Go and it sounded like a of a money-making thing. <laughs> yeah, the Oireachtas Sports Committee was told last week, or the last few days at least, that the GAA will make around €4 million Euro this year from GAA Go. So, yeah, <laughs> they were coining it. €4 million quid in subscriptions. The lowest games, the, the majority of games, have only had an average of 1,500 people paying to watch them. But some of the really big games that they showed, I think kind of Cork and Tip earlier in the year, uh, that they pulled in between 120 and 130,000 viewers. 4 million euro GAA go is is making. Gavin, um, you wanted to talk about this and other things to do with the GAA, but the split season, which we'll get to in a minute. But GAA go... Like, they say that they couldn't possibly show all of the matches on television. So here you can get the match you want if you're willing to pay for it. Morning. PJ Holdings. Very good. Come here, Ram. I thought thought the whole thing is a bit farcical, to be honest. It's not good enough for the loyal GA fan, Mm. especially the fans that are going to all the games, you know. And Mm. for the viewers at home that have been watching games in RT for years. Mm. Like... Unfortunately, the way things have gone now with uh, with streaming, it's it's a kind of a monopoly there. And there's there's companies, there's a few making a lot of money out of this. Like you know, like my understanding of GA Go when it was initially launched, it was to be a media streaming company to show games for those living overseas. Correct. But but when Sky. Uh, when they when they didn't have the broadcasting rights anymore, there was a bit of a vacuum. And mm. um, my understanding is G G A Go pounced on that then, yeah. and then they, all of a sudden they had the rights to the other games. Yeah. G A Go was that, great if you were uh, if you wanted to watch Cork and Tip, and you're a Cork or a Tip man in Dubai or or Singapore or New York or Boston or wherever. You pay you a couple of quid and you get a grand clear. A, clear picture on your laptop or your telly or wherever you have it that was a great idea oh that's it it was fantastic like especially like we have people all over the world living in Australia America Canada mm. all over the place but like you mentioned the Cork Tip game there earlier for anyone that w- was down at that game or was able to see it that was high octane high entertaining hurling like 
Right. It was fantastic. Right. We, and unfortunately, we were, we, we, there was a lot of people we, didn't we, get to see it. Like. There was a few, old, a few of us out in town that, that evening. We were watching people streaming down towards the match. And we were thinking, right, it'll be on a, it'll be on a, a screen somewhere. And it wasn't. Because this, this is the thing. Yeah. And no, I, I was uh, reading something there the other day. And seemingly there was an inquiry there went back in May by a crowd called the CCPC, which are the Competition Consumer Protection and Consuming yeah. Protection Commission. Yeah. So they they started the the whole they launched the inquiry into it, and subsequently there was a guy from the head of sports, Declan Matt Bennett. Yeah. And he was he said that the GA Go was operating without clearance from the CCPC. So I suppose to put that into context, what does that actually mean? Like, say, the Joe Soap there now that wants to have, say, a chipper van down in Yale over the summer, or he has to have a permit then or something. But on a bigger scale then, this crowd essentially didn't have their permit to broadcast the games. And now there's a, a disclosure about making revenue of four million. Four million, four million What's they going to expect to earn, yeah. Like, that money has to go back to the the GA players back into the clubs mm. like the, the government have to have ownership now yeah. and put the money to just causes I suppose the argument could the be made for it Gavin that look it's not possible to show all of the matches for all of the people but if you are well, interest, w- if you're interested in I don't know Lowe's against Carlo or something right you'll find it if you're willing to pay for it they're not going to show it on the telly and that's well, when you another... consider the millions that was invested into GA Go, and then you have a, an amateur guy there, a bit of a character down in Kerry, Buff Egan, you could find him up in the Glens of Antrim on a Saturday. You could find him down in Mount Leinster in Carlow then on a Sunday. True, this, guy is stream, this guy is broadcasting, well, not broadcasting, but you know, Streaming, he's yeah. giving coverage to games on his Snapchat. He's a bit of a legend. All right, I've seen, I've seen some of his stuff. I, I, oh, he's a character. Yeah, streaming is the way to go. Come here, something else too, the season. Like, I'll never, I don't think, Gavin, I'll ever get used to the idea of an All-Ireland final in July or August. Will you? Um, do you know what? I I still think there's room for fine tuning. Like I would, I actually I like the way that all the the inter county players go back to their clubs and they get a run of the games mm. with their club. And there's no big lull for the the club players waiting on the inter county players to come back. But I would actually love to see four blocks. And what I mean by that is you have a, a full inter county football block. Right. And this is more so for dual players. So the hurling wouldn't be clashing with the football at inter-county level. Mm. So everyone can play football. Then you go into your club football, then inter-county hurling, and then go into your club hurling. Mm. Maybe maybe it can't be done, but as a visionary, I'd love to see yeah. it happen. Because well, there's a lot of club counties out there, not just Cork. You'd have, you'd have Dublin, Galway... Do you know they'd all they'd all fancy themselves as dual counties would you? They would you? They at would the you? big stage, provided they had all their players at their disposal. Exactly, exactly. they'll never be. They'll, they'll they'll never be another Teddy Mac, and 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 the system will never allow there to be another Teddy Mac, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and they, I, I I'll never be happy. I'll never be. I'll never understand the idea of playing 
an All-Ireland hurling or football final in anything other than the first or third Sunday in September. Maybe I'm old. I don't know, Gavin. <laughs> And, and Michal and Murrah Hortig in the background doing the commentary. No, you're, no, you're pushing it on me, but yeah, you're right. You're dead right. Yeah. You're dead right. Or in our case, uh, John Cashman, or indeed in his time, the, the late and wonderful and much missed Paddy Palmer. Gavin, good, th- good, to, good to get your thoughts. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, the seasons are all different, and it's all confusing now. I'm going. Normally, you'd be going on holidays. You'd be looking for a, a place to go and watch a match on a Sunday. And it might be an All-Ireland quarter-final or an All-Ireland semi-final. Now they're playing the All-Ireland finals when you're on holidays. It doesn't sound right, like. It doesn't feel right. 0818 96 96 96. Bit of news for you. You may remember in the summer, well, earlier in the summertime, is it actually in the springtime, I spoke to Gaz. Now, Gaz is originally from Cork, and he has a great story of how he met his wife playing pool in New York, and she's from California, and they moved to California, and they've been living there for the last 17 years. He's a graphic designer. But he decided earlier in the year that it is time to come home after all these years away in the States. And he was telling me why back a few months ago. You said you discussed it with Tracy, uh, and his time to come back. Why? So... We, as I mentioned, we have an eight-year-old daughter, and um, she started school here uh, in TK. So we're going back about three years now, and so the the equivalent of senior infants. And she came home from school, and we were sitting at the dinner table, and my wife asked her, "Honey, what did you learn at school today?" And just matter-of-factly, our daughter said, "Today we learned that if a bad man comes to the school with a gun." Uh, we have to lock the door and hide under our desks and stay away from the windows. And I looked at my wife and my wife looked at me and we just went, that's it. Like, we're not, we're not raising her here. We're not doing this door. She was what age? Five. Senior infants. She would have been in junior infants at the time, the equivalent of. And they were already doing active shooter drills at school. Well, well, 10 hours ago or slightly more now, on Reddit... Gaz put up a, a line sitting in the departures lounge in San Francisco, staring longingly at our flight to Dublin. Our buddies picking up at the airport and heading us to, down to Cork. We'll be there before dinner tomorrow. So they're on their way. They'll be there before dinner today. It's been a long road getting here. And our daughter has some nerves and loads of tears over the weekend saying goodbye to her friends. But now she's all excited. Still nowhere to live yet in Middleton, but sure, <laughs> it'll be grand. We'll we'll get Gaz into studio, actually, when he's back, and we'll have a chat about the adventure that they've been having since we last talked a few months ago. But they're on their way home. They're on their way home. 0818 96 96 96. Sarah says, lovely people working in Cork Airport security. So friendly and welcoming. They deserve the shout out. Yeah, uh, I'll be letting you hear that Friday, I think Friday, Thursday or Friday. I spent an hour or so up there meeting some of the people uh, last week. So we'll get that together for you. Can I just recommend something that I first saw at opening night in Cork 10 years ago? And if I have the opportunity, I'll get to see it again on its 10th anniversary tour this week. It stars my, my old school friend. We were in school together at Kieran Birmingham and Cora Fenton. It is called Fred and Alice and it's playing at the Cat Club on its 10th anniversary tour. I think it opens 
tomorrow until Saturday. It's only an hour and a bit long. It's called Fred and Alice Love in the Time of OCD. And if I've seen it, I think I've seen it six times now, and I hope to get to see it again. But it is a wonderful play about people with special needs who meet and fall in love through music. And the performances of both Cora and Kieran. Um Kieran in particular, we go back we go back to primary school, the two of us. Um Kieran has never failed to reduce me to tears with the beauty of his performance in Fred and Alice. Never. I, I'd be a blubbering mess by the end of it. So it's open at the Cat Club Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, Wednesday to Wednesday to Saturday, Wednesday to Sunday, their tenth anniversary production. And I said I'd give them a mention. Hopefully I'll get in there tomorrow night. It's a few more little places coming in at your hidden gem from around Cork, the places we might have missed. Keep them coming. 083 396 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Feeding Cork families with delicious Griffin's New Seasons Queens. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. I meant to mention this earlier on, actually. I was on a bus on the 216 which passes the, the, the Nunes Road and Finbar's Road area just on Friday evening and as I was coming down along I said I'd take a look in and closer look you know you'll obviously see more from the bus than when you're actually driving yourself and I was looking at the, the Newlands Road flats and then I saw the Finbar's Road and I thought, Jesus that there is bad they're awful and sure enough there they are front page of the Echo this morning with Donald O'Keefe doing the writing um, they are now calling on Chief Exec to make them as much a priority as the Noonan's Road seems to be. We were chatting some of the residents from Noonan's Road last week and they were telling us about the state of play in their flats. There are 24 St. Finbar's Road flats. Majority are local authority. Uh, Five of them empty at the moment. Some of them are unoccupied, filled with rubbish and mattresses and all overgrown. Balconies crumbling, lumps of concrete falling off, and you can see rusted kind of rebar underneath, uh, leaking damp mould, drafts in winter from manky old windows. And they're council tenants. I'd love to talk to some of them. There's a picture of them on the front page of the Echo this morning where they came out to highlight the poor state of their accommodation. As I said on the bus Friday, heading in on the bus and past it and as I remarked Noonan's Road is bad enough but Finbar's Road is just as bad those those flats there so anyone who's up in 
the, the Finbar's Road Flats. I'd love to talk to you about what it's like. 0818-969696 or text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. If there's anything we can do to help you make some noise, we'll do that. Now, on your hidden gems from around Cork City and County, I've shared a couple of my own with you. Uh, Irene, Koski's in Irene's. I know it. Great place. <laughs> do you, Peter? I do. It's about 30 years since I was there, but I know it. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's there, it's there a while now. Describe for people uh, how they find it. Uh, you know, when I go down, I go into head for Castletown Bear, but then I go up the Kilmer Road. Mm-hmm. And it's about seven or eight kilometres out the Khmer Road. And it's well signposted and it's an absolutely fantastic little village. The colours, it's amazing. And that so drive over, that's one of the most beautiful drives. It is, isn't it? It's amazing. And then you go through the village and up the hill on the village and the pub is on your left. Yeah. And it's across from the church and they have a massive window that just looks out on Kuruk Bay, over into Kerry and it's absolutely it is. It is. Do you know, it is, yeah. If if you were in doubts about the existence of a higher power, sit there with a pipe in your hand on a sunny day and look out. Exactly. And she's all the back now and out. So you can go to the back now and she's all and out and she's tables and chairs oh, out the back. And a little and there's a little playground for the kids. Ah, stop. She she's absolutely fabulous. Her name is Julia. Right. And she's she's brilliant. She's absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. And it's lovely down there. So I'm actually going down there now for the weekend because Irene's are having their Irene Family Festival and that's where I'm going to are spend the weekend. Are they still doing the festival? Yeah, yeah. God, I, I, I DJ'd in Irie's for the late great Ted Dunn. It must be 20 years ago for that festival. In the hall. In the hall. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> for goodness sake. Come here, this, this survey that puts us as the 24th best place in the world to live. Should we be higher, do you think? Do you know what? When you have the weather, do you know what? I actually love going down to that part of the country Yeah. because I came from there Mm. and I love it when I can get down there for the summer. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's absolutely fabulous. If you get a bit of weather. If you get a bit of weather. Now, today is beautiful. Is it? It's It's absolutely beautiful. Where I am now in Bandon at the moment, it's absolutely scorching and it's beautiful. Good. It's clearing here in the city and it looks hopeful for the afternoon, but the morning was awful. The morning was awful. But look, if when you can get weather like this and get into your car and go somewhere where there's a sea and True. views like that, it's amazing. But Irene's is absolutely it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is, it is. And the drive yeah. like this and the drive over there when you go up high, it's yeah. just that that had that had take your breath away. It's Take amazing. It is. I'm glad to hear so that it's still, still there and still open. And the festival's still going on. Brilliant. The festival now is on on Friday to Sunday. But come here, you have to go down there again. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? The, 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 missus, the missus likes to drive when we're in West Cork. So I might persuade her. I might persuade her. <laughs> you never know. Irene, great to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Beautiful place. Irene's and Koski's Bar. Looking out to sea there. Uh, I'd be similar. I'd have a similar love affair with 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 Baltimore. I must say, I love Baltimore. The the square down there outside bushes, and and a on a nice day, a nice evening, nice evening. You take your point across, and there's some chairs over by the wall, and the sunset down over Sherkin is one of the most beautiful things in the world. But the thing is, we don't get the weather. Like we were down there last year in September for a weekend, and it was now it was like being in. Back in Spain, it was a lovely, lovely, lovely evening. But sure, you could be drowned 
within an hour. That's the big problem we have, I think. And don't come at me. Don't come at me with this, there's no such thing as bad weather, PJ, only the wrong clothes. Don't come at me with that track. That's just an excuse. <laughs> yeah. There's a place between Barley Cove and Mizzen Head, says Anne. It's called Three Castle Head. Beautiful place to walk. Know it, Anne. Haven't been in Barley Cove for a long time. That's another brilliant place, actually. Crew Caven. That pub there on the pier in Crew Caven. Uh, sandwiches and pints and all that. By the way, someone rang here the last few days. I think he said the name was Martin. To say that he was going to complain me to the authorities if I didn't stop talking about how much I love a drink. <laughs> I ain't going to stop loving a drink for you or anybody else, mate. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Right, scooters. I told you what happened to my daughter last night. Dennis wants to talk about them next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Thanks for all your nominations in the Cork's 96 FM Best of Cork Awards. Best of Cork Awards. Best of all is now. Now stay listening to hear who's made the shortlist. We'll announce the finalists this Wednesday from 6am. Then get voting for your favourite. Are you ready, ready for the light? The Best of Cork Awards 23. The Best of Cork Awards 23. You're the best. Only on Cork's 96 FM. I mentioned Gaz and his family who are on their way home from California on the last leg and I played a little bit of the interview I did with him a few months ago when they made that decision to move uh, it was about what, what what made the decision for them was when a cop came into their kids junior infants or equivalent to junior infants class and told them how to prepare if a man walked in with a gun and that was kind of the the icing on the cake and they had to get home at that stage someone else says PJ but in a few years they'll be telling kids in school here as well to go under the school desks to hide I sincerely hope not I sincerely hope not I can't see it happening I can't see it happening in this country I think we're a hell of a lot more civilised in that regard you'd hope 0818 96 96 96 and I told you what happened last night to my daughter she was on the junction of Coyle Street and South Main Street driving the car waiting for her opportunity to come out and drive for home and this clown careered into the side of her on a scooter and made off down Coyle Street left a nice scooter wheel sized dent in the side of our little car and made off we made a complaint to the Bridewell and they said they're sick of seeing it because it happens all the time they made a complaint they took a statement she signed it in fairness to the chap behind the counter he said he'll do what he can but they're very limited in what they actually can do and it's about time that someone regulated these these fools Dennis, morning Uh, good morning to all Uh, there has been numerous people on your programme regarding these scooters including myself Yeah. Um, remind us again what happened to you well, I didn't have an accident. I had close shaves and I was on to you about stepping into uh, bicycle lanes that are being used by these scooters and there's no control over them. Now, the fact is, uh, and it's th- that car belonging to your daughter was probably her pride and joy. Mm. But you could imagine if she stepped, now I'm only, this is, accidents happen every day. If your daughter stepped out of her car, or any family member who's listening to this program, right. and one of these clowns hit her with the scooter, and she ends up inside in hospital. They have no 
they had no insurance, right? That's agreed. Yes. I'm not too worried about car tax uh, or scooter tax or whatever you want. That's only revenue. Uh, insurance is a primary thing for to be out on the road. And everybody out on the road, cyclists, scooters and cars, should have insurance for fear they do hit somebody. Now, on your programme there, every day people are saying this. Well, it's nothing to do with you now. Well, it's pain in the throat from talking. We have a minister, Eamon Ryan, who's asleep at the helm. He's getting a load of taxpayers' money. These ministers are becoming millionaires out of being in office on taxpayers' money. Just look up public accounts. And they do nothing. Now, this guy appeared on the television, big hoo-ha about electric buses. Oh, yeah, we're after getting electric buses. Uh-huh. They haven't been out on the road since because there's no infrastructure to power them. This uh-huh. guy, this guy, now, uh, I hope Sinn Féin are listening because they're going to be in power next. These guys are going to be put, being put out of power. And when they're hopping over your hedges looking for your vote, remind them, they were in power for five or ten years. Hospitals are in in a mess. Mm. NCT is 12 months down the road. Scooters buzzing around with no insurance on them. And the minister is doing nothing about it. Now, years ago, your programme could call up the minister and say, hey, pal, there's a problem here. It has developed. Yeah, it's not your fault. But you're in charge of the department and you rush legislation through to curb these idiots out in the road. Mm-hmm. Well, well, there was a, we can still do it. There's still a way to send a query to the minister's office. Whether you'll actually get a call back is another day's work. Yeah, don't hold your breath now. Because there you were on the programme the other day and it made my blood boil. We have a minister for health and there was a poor little girl who had, a, I'm not too familiar with the medical things now, right? but she had a, a spine deformity. Goliosis, yeah. Yes. And there she was in agony because our health system that we're sending people to Northern Ireland and all over the world couldn't fast track her in and say, hey, this girl has a problem. We must deal with it. I'm the minister. I'm responsible. And this is what I'm going to do. No comment. These fellas go to earth and they're getting away with it because they're not held accountable. Yeah, and that's, that's, the broad, that's the broad discussion. But come back to, come back to the yeah. scooters, Dennis. Like yeah. My biggest problem, I don't have a problem with them, to be honest. What I do have a problem is... Like you said, there's no comeback should they happen to hit you. They seem to have scant or no regard from the, for the rules. This guy was on the pavement. Yes, why wouldn't he be? He can get away with it. If a guard stops you, he can take your vehicle off you for a numerous things. Your NCT out of date, he can take the car off you, even though you have to wait 12 months to get it. Uh, your tax, if, you, if, if it's lapsed for a period of time, he can take your car. He can do nothing with the scooter. Nothing. Mm. No, no, in fairness, the young guard we went into down the Bridewell last night, and as I said, he was a credit to the uniform, yes. the way the, the professionalism and, and 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 kindness he showed to my daughter. Um, yes. But but like he the he the frustration of of yes. trying to deal with these loons. Yes, because the legislation is not there, and who's responsible for the legislation? But the minister and the civil servants who are sitting there drawing big salaries and doing nothing. Everybody recognises there is a problem with these scooters now. I would get up on one of these scooters tomorrow morning. I think they're a great joke. Do you know what I mean? They're mm. for good, good for the environment and everything. But I would not drive out on the road without insurance. You're not supposed to be even on the road, Dennis. This is the Correct. beauty of it. They're not even meant to be on the public road. Correct. Out in Italy, they're talking about everything that's... Now, you can go to legislative... 
out in Italy they're talking about everything that's out in the road must be registered. Mm. Bicycles, scooters, cars, pedal things, if they're out in the road, they must be registered. And I presume following on from that, they must be insured. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've, I often, I've always believed, and the cyclists lobby hate me for this and they troll me for hours on Twitter, which I don't really care. I always maintain that you should have to pay some kind of insurance to take a bike on the road. Yeah, if you take a motorbike, you have to pay insurance for a motorbike. You should have to take place. It might only be 50 quid Correct. to cover you for the year. Right. But there should be That's cyclist right. insurance and there should definitely be scooter insurance. But it's, it's, it's not even that. It's the impunity that this, and I've said this morning after morning after morning as I drive in and watch them yes. breaking or treating the rules of the road as if they didn't exist with yes. impunity. And why? Who's responsible? It's not you. It's not me. It's the minister who's asleep at the wheel. It's getting, it's getting to the point now where it really is. And like you said, if she'd been stepping out of the car yes, to do something, it. she had just come from a meeting with, with her hockey friends. Imagine if she had the car door open and she was putting in her bag and her stuff into the back of it and it careers into, into her back. We'd have, been, we'd have been at A&E. Yes, and if you're in the unlucky position that a lot of people in this country are in where they don't have VHI because they can't afford to pay it, their mortgages and everything, so they're going to prioritise, or if you're old and infirm, mm. and one of these things hits you, you're now inside and you have no, you now have a bill to pay. Yeah. Not the idiot who's going along in the scooter or the minister who's fast asleep drawing a big pension and salary every year, every year. No. As you say, there's a bigger picture regarding these these buckos getting into the office and drawing and doing ah, nothing. Yeah, but we, we could yes. we could start with trying to regulate the, the fools on the scooters. Yeah. Yes, correct. All right. The, they could be taken off the road tomorrow morning if the minister brought a bill in. Like you, Hitler brought in autobahns years ago to get people quickly from. Well, well, Dennis, Dennis, when we're starting to quote Hitler, we're going down a dangerous road. So be yeah. careful here now. Yeah. Right. No. What I'm just saying to you, you look at the road from Kinsale. To Cork City. Yes. Right? Uh, is that a main thoroughfare? It is. Yes. Right, you go through two towns coming up that now have put speed bumps into main thoroughfare and traffic lights, and then you have the flash for cats sitting around with the 50 kilometre to nail the motorist who accidentally goes over 50, yeah. 50 kilometres an hour. Uh, yeah. all, those, all those things can be brought in overnight against the motorist, but yet yeah. these clowns go around in scooters. Do you know what Eamon Ryan is doing? And, and yeah, people... Nothing. He's building. He's building, actually. I was only thinking about it. Your man came careering down the pavement last night. Yeah. He's building big, wide pavements that are nearly uh, wider than the flipping road. Of correct. course they're going to drive on the pavement. Of course they are. Why would they be out on the road when they can be up on the pavement? Exactly. Dennis, we'll leave it there. Thanks, mate. Good man. 0818 96 96 96. I know the cycling lobby will probably troll me while I have a breath left in my body. I don't care, lads. Bring it on. If you're going to cycle on the public road and use the public road, then you should be paying some form of insurance for the public road. 0818 96 96 96. The only deterrent would be a huge fine, says this caller. The moment they just don't care. A fine or seize the scooter. Wrong way. They're going the wrong way down the one-way street. I come in here one morning, and this I'll never forget. Down against me, 
there on, is it Leitrim Street, with two lines of traffic, and this guy decides to go between the two lines of traffic on a scooter the opposite way, in between the two lines of traffic. You'd be sorely tempted to open the door. No, you wouldn't. Stop it. 0818 96 96 96. Tom says a while back, Minister English said something along the lines of there'd be no prosecutions for cyclists. Caller says the only deterrent is a huge fine. Cleana, there was an elderly lady a few weeks ago killed in Dublin when she was hit by a scooter. Anything that moves on the road should have insurance. Mag says, oh God, you went there with the open door comment. I was joking. It's a joke. Do you know, like comedians make. I know I'm not a comedian, but it's a joke. Anyway, I'm with you on the need for these scooters to be regulated. They're deadly dangerous. I've had a few close shaves myself, says Mags. Uh, yeah, where's that one? Uh, yeah, there were no prosecutions for slightly. So I think once he said that, it's been a free-for-all. Yeah, Tom said, uh, Minister English, I didn't hear this. I didn't hear him say this, but he said something along the lines of no prosecutions for cyclists or scooter users on pavements. So it's been a free-for-all. Yeah, I was joking, like. Anyone taking me serious? Could be there's a, another survey out about the amount of people being scammed Banking and Payments Federation and the Fraud Smart Payment Fraud Report has landed. This is for the second half of 2022 and over 85, nearly 85 million euro stolen through frauds and scams in the year 2022, up by a quarter. The worst way, the single worst way, is text message fraud, smishing, as they call it now. One in two adults have had a fraudulent text message in the course of the 12 months. And they often include a link and there'd be some sense of urgency. Uh, they, again, they've come up with the same guidelines to avoid losing your money. Do not respond to messages with personal information. Never put your personal information into a message. Do not click, click on links. Log into your actual service provider and see if you'll find the same alert. Always go to your bank or service provider directly rather than going through a link. Never use contact details from a text message. Always verify it another way. Just think before you act, I guess. And you can be caught. They're very good. Always double check before clicking links or attachment in random or unexpected emails or texts. Never give away security details like pins or passwords to anyone. And you can visit the website, website fraudsmart.ie for more information. But yeah, I got another one over the weekend claiming to be from, I think this one, this one actually was from, from my electricity supplier. And they said that my last bill hadn't been processed because there was an error on the account and I was in danger of being cut off. Click through there and we'll sort it out. I looked into my account. My account is paid every month, every two months by direct debit, so I was cool. But I could have been caught. Tragic story. You'll hear more about this during the day, I suspect. Tragic story breaking from Turkey. Uh, a father and son understood to be from the Midlands died in a road traffic accident while on a family holiday in Turkey. Very sad. Department of Foreign Affairs is aware 
and providing consular assistance and all of that. No specifics available at present. That's sad to hear. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. On the front page of The Echo, I had seen it myself last Friday and just remarked as I was passing in the bus that Finbar's Road is nearly as bad as Noonan's Road, the state of the flats there. It's in your morning news as well. Dennis, you live up there. Good morning. I do, Peter. How are you? Good morning, Ray. Um, I, I do. I, I, I live here on my life. Yeah, I, I passed down on the, on the 216 last Friday afternoon and mm. I was looking out for Noonan's Road, but I was a pass. I said, God, they're as bad, if not worse. Yeah, well, the block I mean, actually is, is the central of the block is practically collapsing. You know, so right. How long are you there? Uh, I was right at the number 11 with my parents and my brothers and sisters and uh, I, I live in number 23 for 30 years, maybe. Right. And take your own place now. What would need to be? And you're a council tenant. No, I did. Uh, Jesus, my, my place is grand. They're, right. they're poor. Like, I did Don and Logan and Larry, they were up here. They right. saw my place. It's, I've only small, a couple of small issues. I wouldn't right. even be all worried about them. There's more vulnerable tenants out there with what? no heating, right. windows falling to the ground. Do you know And dampness and way worse than anything that I have. There's a... A few of the gardens, I think, that in the, in the ones that are empty, have become dumping grounds. Yeah, and the the Japanese knotweed is all over the place. They're actually God. actually coming up through the drains and everything. Oh and uh, there's, there's actually a council worker down at the end of our terrace down today. I haven't seen a council worker up here in a few years. They're actually pulling weeds out of the ground down there. <laughs> we must we must be getting a visit from the Lord Mayor or something. Well, between the front page of the Echo and hopefully us talking about it now, maybe they're inside in council going, you better go out there and start sorting that out. But yeah. how old but are the flats, Dennis? They're 60 years old because it was brand new, brand new when we moved in. Yeah, they, they, they we opened the around the same time as Lorenzo, did they? Yeah, they all came online the same time, yeah. I got you. Uh, I, as I'm on, I just want to say thanks to William O'Brien for getting us motivated and activated. Yeah. And you know what, to get something done about it. Because uh, they've bypassed us for the last 20 years. Like. Yeah, I'm looking at and, a picture in the echo of, uh, is it one of your neighbours, Ray? Yeah, yeah so Ray the, Cooper, he's across the road. Yeah, the yeah. He's actually dampness. living under the flat, like the flat above him was where I was reared. I see. It's on the opposite block. I see. And there's the damp uh, coming through and yeah. there's fl- wallpapers coming off the wall. Oh, it's and terrible. It's terrible conditions. And that, that poor man has no heating or anything, like. Do you know what I mean? God. So, like, they have they've a company contracted to sort out the Japanese knotweed. No, they can't do it in the wet weather. They're towards that. So it's been raining oil for the last two weeks. Yeah. So they could be spending that money on just making sure people have heating for the winter because we know, or you know, no, and they know there's nothing going to be done to say the Christmas. Yeah. So, I mean, they're only going to come up with a decision in September and by the time there's contracts signed <laughs> and residents that want to come back have contracts because everything's going to take time. I know. It's not going to happen overnight at all. Like, we know that. No, there's no problem staying here for a winter, like, providing the building stay standing. You know have what you, I mean? Have you heating? I have, yeah. Uh, right. But your friend has none? No. There's a, there's a few of the flats between did, did, he, did Were people, Dennis, with that did, cold spell we had last year, no, last winter wasn't the worst winter we've ever had, but... I know, yeah, but there's probably people up in Nolan Road and some that had no heating that for that, like. Do you know? Right. There's, there's, there's vulnerable people around, right? 
between the two streets. And it's it's family oriented as well. Like, there's five families in this tower related to five families on Roman Road. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So and we're all friends, neighbours, we get on fantastic. It's a little community, they've all grown there's up a, together. A, I tell you, you know, you can get a community like it on the city with two roads, two different roads. I know. Because we are so like when we do socialism we you always meet someone from Lunar Road. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Family and friends, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you were born, Brilliant. born, Honestly, you were born I love, I love it. Honestly, I love it. Yeah. Ever since I was a child, I remember there, there was always a, a great community yeah, between the two roads. Right. Well, well, it's great to see them gathering uh, to yeah. try and get something done. Whether anything will be done, we don't know. Like I'm hearing, I'm, you said you're okay, but cracks. Well, I, I survive another with dialect, yeah. you know. Cracks, like subsidence cracks. Well, lumps that, of concrete that, the, falling the building off. itself, like, and yeah. the. the Balconies are rotting as well. They're rotting away, like. Yeah, I'm looking at one here on the paper. Yeah, that's yeah. that's number eleven. That's where I was real. Oh, the one on the corner. Yeah. And that's yeah that that I wouldn't be inclined to sit out there with my morning coffee. And she's there's a girl over there with a new bomb baby, believe it or not. Yeah, we'd love to speak to some more people. Um, well, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe put I, the word around to some yeah, of your neighbours there, and we'll we'll chat I, with them. I will, of course, and uh, if they'll go on, they'll go on. I can't, so I can't oh, I don't know, but I, listen, Dennis, it would be great if we could talk to them because the more noise that you get to make, the more things... Well, oh, I will, yeah. Uh, I just think I will cooperate, you know? That'll I be good. The fact that there's someone down the bottom of the hill this morning means someone's yeah. listened to something. Yeah. yeah Can I just say another thing there, PJ? We, I haven't seen a politician up here for years. Look, this place has gone so bad, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even come up with a vote because they'd be afraid you, you of what know, they get. You're North Central, aren't you? I, I, probably, I think so. I, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, actually, I think you're north central. But anyway, Tuesday, Tuesday morning, I had three men to tell us. Dan Wilde, McFinn, and Paddy Deneen. Right. And Thursday night, we had McBally. What he wanted to do was tell us how to do a rent strike. We don't want to go down that road. Yeah. There's none of us wants to do that. Because we, we think, no, they're gonna, there's going to be action taken. They have to do something for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. And uh, the three... The, Three boys that came on Tuesday, they looked around, said the same thing. The whole place would have to be demolished and rebuilt. So where are we going to go while that's happening? So, like, that's another. That's, see, that's another question. Okay. Where are they going to put us? Like, all right, listen, Dennis. Talk to some of your neighbours. We're happy to talk to them to highlight what's going on in their places. Ray would be a good start. He's on the on the echo. So I'll put you back onto the lads there and see if we can set something up. That's Dennis Hackett from St Finbar's Road. He said, "Look, a few problems in his little place. Living there all his life." but that some of the neighbours are in a much worse situation. We'd love to speak to some other residents from up there and maybe help them to, to highlight their cause for something to be done. 0818 96 96 96 083 396 96 96. Morning PJ, just on the matter of insurance, why are you promoting insurance companies? Are they not making enough money? Every citizen is insured and will be taken to hospital and treated whether they have scooter insurance or not. Regulate them, yes, but adding more money to the insurance industry isn't necessary. Join the show. Thank you, Paul and Cove. I'm not promoting insurance companies. Last, last person in the world to do it, Paul. But the point is, yeah, you, you will, of course, be taken to hospital and treated as you should be if you're injured by an in an accident involving a scooter. Of course you will. Picked up by an ambulance, brought to hospital, treated and, and looked after, as you should be. But who's going to pay your bills if the person who hits you has no insurance? That's the point that was made. But you're right. Insurance companies are making a shed load of profit anyway. You'd rather not be throwing them any more. 
But there's got to be a better way around it than just randomly going around flouting the law. 0818969696. Was it 10 years ago? Was it 10 years ago today? App, that's... I can't believe that. 10 years ago today, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band played at Parky Cueve. Wow. Remember being down there, actually. I wasn't at the gig. Couldn't go to the gig, but I was down there doing some work for the newsroom and getting stuff for here as well and talking to people in the queue. And I remember there was a huge crowd inside in Goldbergs and they had the best Bruce Springsteen playlist I've ever heard. That was 10 years ago today. And if I remember rightly, that was a nice summer's day. 0818 96 96 96. Anne, I think you found the chipper for me that, 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 that I'm thinking about in what near Ross Carberry. Good morning. Hello, Anne. Hello, Peter. I'm Anne, but I didn't find the chipper, no. Where, what, what, what one are you recommending me? I'm recommending, PJ, that you travel from Kinsale all the way to Clannacilty on the coast road. Okay. You leave Kinsale and you go to the Old Head. Yeah. Take in the beautiful views there. You travel on to Timaleague right. on the coast road and you visit Timaleague Abbey. Beautiful scenery there. On to Coast McSherry. From Coast McSherry, you go to Dunworley. Have you ever been there, Peter? I've never been to Dunworley. I've been to Court Mac and Timaleague many times, but never Dunworley, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It's one of the, it's one, it's a gorgeous beach. Not many people know about it. Right. It's unspoiled. It's really beautiful. And then you can travel along the coast again onto a little village called Ring. Yeah. Into Clannacilty. And if necessary, go on to. Uh, in Shadani and on a hinge. Oh, do you come out? Do you do you do you come in there? Sort of as you go in, as you go into Clan, there's the big super value, and there's a road comes in from the left. Is that the one? Well, yes, you can take the bypass. That yeah. would be the bypass, yeah. I suppose. I yeah. know where you're talking about now. Yeah, and you can go. Actually, if you go on for the road for we'll say Ross Carberry, you can take a left-hand turn. Shortly after Clannacilty, and to take it to a beautiful village called Ratbarry. Okay, I've, I've spoken to people from Ratbarry, but I've never been there. Basically. Yes, Ratbarry, Castle Freak, there's a place called the Long Strand and the Red Strand. Yes, yes. yes. And then on to, on to Ross Carberry. And then, of course, that will take it down to Glendore. Ah, no, Glendore, God's own playground. The, yeah, the, the <laughs> fish and chips at the top of the hill before the causeway in Ross Carberry. Apparently, you that's can't. Right. You can't that's beat right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, the, I'm thinking there's a there is a chipper van or it's a chipper truck that plies his trade somewhere between Galley Head and Onahinsha along the coast there. That's right. That's yeah. right. There is. I, I just at the minute can't, I can't think of the name. I, but I was thinking of it all morning. <laughs> I can't think of it. All right, Anne. Lovely drive though it is. Yeah, definitely. Can sail to Clan on the coast road. Out to the old head, Timalee, Court Mac, Dunworley, Ring, Clonakilty. Most beautiful drive in Ireland, says she, on a good day. Well, one thing's for sure. If you're there of an evening time and you're pulled in by the side of the road and having a bite to eat, maybe you'll see one of the most beautiful sunsets in the world on a good day. That is for sure. Thanks, Anne. 0818 PJ, you can't beat the Ross Carberry fish and chips at the top of the hill before the causeway. Now... Jen Hogan. <laughs> Jen, my grandmother, uh, the lorry good to her, had a habit 
that when you'd be backing out the car out of the drive, she would direct you. She would go behind and she'd get out of the car after mass in the car park and she'd direct the whole car park. It's a wonder she didn't kill anybody because the woman never drove in her life. But she, she insisted on directing traffic. Now, that's not quite what's on your mind, but if this is this is men helping you drive your own van. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Peter. I'm nearly like, it's men. Men are the problem. <laughs> no, no I, I just remember my nana with great affection and she'd get out. And, there was no stopping her. Seatbelt off, out of the car, directing traffic. She never drove in her life. Well, I'm driving a long time, a long, long time. And I drive a van, as I was writing about in the Irish Times. Actually, it's today, but it was online yesterday, but in print today. And I drive a van. The joys of having socially unacceptable number of children means that's what you have to drive because you can't fit all the kids in otherwise. And I, I suppose it was just a, an observation that if I am I was reversing on my driveway one day, like my driveway, which I'm in and out of every single day and empty road, nothing at all for me to hit, not even a stray tree, nothing, nothing that a woman of my experience driving the van could possibly hit. And a local builder came legging it up the road to help me reverse out of the driving. And, you know, you do what you do. You're polite. It's very, you know, it's nice. Never happens to my husband, even though I'm the one who drives the van the most, but never happens to my husband. And then in the car park one day was in the shopping centre and the car park was literally half empty. There was so much space. I could have, you know, parked the van anywhere I wanted. And a man decided he was going to direct me into the space. And uh, again, you know, you're polite and you say, thank you, thank you. And the lads, the boys in the car are teasing me. You know, he thinks you can't drive, mum. And it's the usual kind of slagging. Because even they're aware and tuned into the fact that this is kind of funny and it doesn't happen to their dad. But it's really hard to point it out because I suppose, you know, it, it, I, of course you appreciate help and good manners. Mm. And it's so much nicer than being beeped going up the ramp in Tala Car Park when you've got a kid who's injured and pumping blood and the cars are beeping. Because I don't know if you've ever been in Tala Car Park. There's just, uh, you, you take the side of your car off this the wall. The square, the is so this? narrow. It is. It's the one by the square. It is an experience and a half going into that car park. It is so tight. And you can literally see the paint from everybody's car on the ramp as you go up. Yeah, I, I, yeah I remember the last the last time I was there. All right, I had one of the one of the radio station Jeeps with me. And it's a, no, mm. you'd nearly put Vaseline on the side to get yourself in. Like yeah, <laughs> just to get through. <laughs> exactly. It's a bit like that. And then all the helpful men were beeping the horn at me, you know, like and you're like frazzled and your kids pumping blood. And then a really nice man jumped out of his car and helped because that was an occasion I did need help not because a woman was a woman but because my van was was really struggling to get around the corner and and I suppose that's what's really so hard to write about because you are appreciative of those occasions where you need help but that's irrespective of your gender but I do think there's still this inherent attitudes towards women drivers this kind of inherent maybe sexism still exists there where lads think sure it's a big car she wouldn't be able to manage that you know and you get caught mm. up on the roads you know if you're yeah. in a smaller car because the presumption is if it's a small car it's probably a woman and I think you're more likely to get cut whereas when you're in the big van until they spot you're a woman they think oh man man in a van uh, it's grand you know so when yours is more a minibus th- than a van and I, yeah. I take it it's a reasonably modern vehicle the, the funny part is with those modern vehicles it'll practically drive itself for you once you put it into reverse <laughs> there's cameras and screens and every flipping thing and lines and beeps 
You can well, it, it it beeps. My one doesn't have a reverse camera, but it, but it does ha it does beep like and mm. gives you warning. You know if there's any kind of stray neighbours walking behind you or anything, so you don't hit them because that'd be most unfortunate and that all that sort of thing. So you get your warning there certainly, but it's just I it's just this I suppose this jumping to just just the kind of automatic making of presumptions. And I had the conversation with my husband about it. I was there going they're doing it again and he goes and you know you're reminded they're just being helpful and I asked him never helpful to him never happens that people are helpful to him there's just the automatic presumption that he can reverse the car and put it in a car parking space but me I'm just a mere woman I, I have to say I, I nearly did lose an ear one morning in we were in a car park and herself was driving and we were we'd been out for breakfast and when we came back there was a fella had parked so close to us to the tin opener you want mm. to get in. We all had yeah. to get in on the passenger side and she had to climb mm-hmm. over oh, no, to no, the no. other side of the car, right? And I says, mm-hmm. do you want me to get out for you? And she looked at me as if I had taken... No, no, no. Well, you see, the reason is, Jen, I learned to drive in a van mm-hmm. and I've been driving Jeeps and vans all my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm perfectly used to, to reversing with zero visibility and on the mirrors mm-hmm. <laughs> she nearly took the head off me <laughs> you see, no, I mean, that was a real rocky move there now to I know. for to take your wife's car out the thing about it is we'd probably have caught we'd probably have ended up in A&E because we'd have to climb in the passenger door she'd gone <laughs> over the gear stick right to get in you're going to give it about three they are the people that annoy me. But you, 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 does your husband drive the van much? He drives it, probably not as much as me because I'm the one, I, I work from home. So most of the time when you're bringing kids somewhere, it's me dropping them places or it's me. He does drive the van, he absolutely does. And I obviously do the thing to wind him up like you've just done with your wife there. So when we're out, kind of maybe it's this kind of pent up frustration that people presume I can't drive my own van or car, which I've been driving like this kind of size vehicle for God, 12 years plus anyway and uh, you know I go will I take that out for you will I, put, will I park it for you and you get the glare but it's not quite mm. the same just I'll do that for him and but the he guy can, he can drive the builder who waved otherwise. you out I was surprised when I read that mm. it was a builder because I'm assuming in that case a relatively young man right because mm-hmm. I, I I do have some sympathy for older men who come from a time when women a lot of women just didn't drive so it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of baked into them that women don't drive much and may need a bit of help. I I, I, I have some level of forgiveness for fellas like that. Do you know? Mm. He was yeah, he was a man I'm trying to get like put a kind of an age and I'm even he'd have been a man maybe in his forties, maybe I'd say he came down to help. Young enough to know better. So young enough to know better. Uh but I don't know, like Peter, I think it still exists. I think even I, I think even the kind of sort of aggression that you see on the roads um, when you and it is typically because our other car is this like absolutely tiny little car little and when you're out in that you definitely experience things differently and I mm. think that's because the automatic assumption is well it's a woman's car it's probably a, like even my husband will say when he drives that versus he drives the van you get it you have a different experience on the road because people presume it's a woman you couldn't you know cut in front of her or whatever it's just a woman's car it doesn't really matter and you see it and some of the experience you have are with young men you know they're young drivers you see them kind of Egypts in their car and they're cutting around. You're not always, sometimes they're older, but but the age thing doesn't necessarily come into play mm. quite so much. It's a real kind of authority, but the always the presumption that you you can't drive or you need help 
parking is nearly always a man. And the thing is, I'm not afraid. To, if I need help, I'm absolutely hugely grateful for it. Hugely mm. grateful for it. But these were kind of, it was just, if you'd seen the situation where the car park was half empty, like you couldn't not park the car. <laughs> you know, you just couldn't not. Or coming out of the driveway onto a quiet road, like yeah. the same driveway. He, he wasn't making your day, put it that way. <laughs> no, there are times when I'm quite happy to play damsel in distress if I'm if I'm really stuck. But I, you know, I was I would have been happy. But this, these were like situations where it was just that ah, woman has a van quick before she takes the wall. Somebody save her! You know? Oh <laughs> no, no, in Tala, I, I, I feel your pa- I feel your pain in Tala. Though it's been a while since I was there, but I do. Jane, thank you, Jane Hogan, parenting journalist with the Irish Times. You'd find that piece in today's paper or online. But driving a van. There's a thing we might explore it. Our, our men, do they still do that? Do they jump out behind women who are reversing cars and, and offer to help? And how does it feel when they do? It's probably done out of politeness, I would have said. But clearly Jen doesn't like it when they do it. Uh, it the, the impression is, oh, there's a poor woman who can't drive. That's how they interpret it. I don't know. Happy to explore it. Which The fish basket... Yes, that's the long strand between Gallyhead and Onahinsha. Thank you, John. Drive to Ross Carberry. Before you reach it, turn for Onahinsha, go past Onahinsha, and that's where it is. It'll come up next on the road. Thank you, Tom. Another John says the minister responsible for roads has no driving licence. I would normally make a big deal of saying that a minister has to have experience in their portfolio. But you have to wonder, when it comes to Minister Ryan, if he should maybe try to learn to drive. I don't. Does he not have a driver's licence? That's, that's news to me. That is news to me. Dennis says every shipper is nice when you're hungry. You're not wrong. Come to y'all. Try the food in Doyle's. Delicious potato cakes made by Una Landers. Potato cake. I haven't had a potato cake in years. Stop. That's it. A program edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did. And we'll start again tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Fox96FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.